All right, Jonesy, I've got an idea. Yeah, hit me. Chris is away this week. That means we get to try out the intro that I pitched last week and people thought would never actually happen. Should we go for it? Let's do it. Okay. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to the Super Super... Oh, I fucked it up. <laughs> You've ruined it. This is why I'm never going to be able to host. I can't say this the was words... Your, this was your big shot. I just, can't just, say the word Super Show Podcast without... Just think of it as an echo. Super, super, super. All right, oh. Steph, now we've sport the fact that you're here. You get to be my echo. <laughs> welcome back to the Super Show Podcast, the show where we invite you to come for the games and to stay... For the known murderer, Steph, where the fuck was my echo? Super, super, super. You can't do the echo five <laughs> minutes later. That's my I didn't, didn't right. realise you wanted me to, to, to interrupt. Am I, am I standing in the world's biggest cave? Where it's just like, it's oh, I have to wait ever. for my fucking audio to reach yeah. the other end of the cave that's five miles away before my super echoes come back. Absolutely. Cave in space. Anyway, in case any of that was unclear, you are in fact listening to the Super Show podcast. Super, Thank super, you very much. Super, Thank you. Super. Those are the echoes. There you go. Thank Smashed you all it. so much for tuning in, for watching, for listening, whatever you're doing. And the more observant amongst you, whether you're watching or listening, will have already noticed that we don't have a Chris with us this week. He is somewhere else in a slightly more exotic location than us, hopefully putting his feet up and sipping on pina coladas. But we have, in his place, brought in quite possibly the best guest in the history of podcasting. Now, the OGs amongst you... Is it people, me? Jonesy, for f- um, Oh. I'm in the middle the of the world's best introduction. I'm teeing up our boy here to take over what the world. <laughs> okay, for anyone that was... Because he was feeling patient. Let's skip right to the chase. Jonesy's here, like he is most weeks. He's had oh, about I thought, f- four hours sleep. I thought I was I was getting excited that you were uh, I was a guest this week because you were hosting, but you were talking about Steph. Now I feel, you, now no, I feel you're, sad. You're you're just my, you just you just ruined my introduction, Jonesy. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. Enough. I'm I off mean, already. I'm off already. I'm, I, I can kind of no. I can roll it back and try again, Steph. If you're feeling really rough about it, <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm only well, the guest here. Let me tell people all the same because some people still might not know. As I was going to say, people who have been with us all the way since the ATG days will have heard Steph's voice and indeed seen his face across our old podcasts, our live streams, even the Sixers back in the day. And even if you weren't an old school A2G fan, you may have even seen him across the internet, whether he was streaming or YouTubing under the name of Tech Nuovo. Go and check him out if you haven't already. I'm, of course, talking about our good friend, and hopefully your good friend too, Steph Murphy. Steph, it's a fucking joy to have you here, buddy. I know. It's a long time coming. When <laughs> Too I, long. I was, sitting, I was sitting there at work today, and I was thinking, God damn, I really miss sitting in that really sweaty hot basement just doing a podcast on a Tuesday morning. Of course oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, I miss well, it now so you get much. To, now you get to swap out that sweaty basement for a sweaty bedroom. It's not quite the same, but hopefully with our voices in your ears, it feels as close to that experience as we could possibly approximate, yeah. given the current scenario with planet Earth. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been nice to all meet up and sit around a round table and discuss games and things, but uh, yeah. but thanks, COVID. Ruined that. Well, the important Thanks, COVID. thing, yeah, exactly. Thanks, COVID. It brought us together. It kind of brought us together, together, right? And that's the important thing is that we are all here. And as Steph just said, we are here. In fact, despite the fact that you might not believe it thus far, to talk about games, which is exactly what we're going to do shortly because we've got plenty to discuss this week. Of course, first and foremost, the PlayStation Five showcase event and the announcement of the pricing and the release date for that console. We're also going to touch on Nintendo's mini direct that happened earlier today at the time of recording. But first, before we get to any of that, I have to first let you know that not only can you join in with the conversation at any point during this podcast, but folks, 
I genuinely actively encourage you to do so. If you're watching on YouTube, you can get involved in the comments down below. Maybe if, uh, you know, social media is more your thing, you can hit us up on Twitter at SuperShowPod, or of course, any of our individual social media handles, which if I've done my job right after filming and recording this podcast, will be under our faces. And if they're not, then just leave an angry comment on YouTube, I guess. I don't know. I didn't do my job right. Deal with it. It happens all the time. Do I get a little name tag? I think so, yeah. We'll give you Techno Over. Yeah, right? you got to get one. Right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I better impress everyone than if I want them to interact hey, with me on Twitter. If, if, it took us th- <laughs> if it took us 39 episodes for us to actually get you on, I think you have to squeeze every opportunity you can to tell people where to go and find you and where to go and watch your shit. So. Absolutely. They're just going to be trolling Steph now. Yeah, he's, that's he's, it. Uh, he's put his, um, his handle up and people are just going to be trolling him relentlessly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know he's my poster boy for trolling, but I guarantee ASB64 is already drafting up a tweet <laughs> as we speak. You know, ASB64, speaking of him, have you noticed that he set his profile picture to the clip of me taking a shit in the Gamescom vlog? I didn't notice that, actually. In his defense, I haven't to his seen credit. This. Oh, God. And I've got to say, in his defense, he DM'd me saying, is this okay? And at the time, I was like, yeah, fine. But then the other day, he replied to someone. It must have been one of you guys or Chris. He replied to someone on Twitter. And all of a sudden, I was like, why can I see myself shitting? <laughs> Just looking at Twitter. What's going on? Yeah, that is how you know you're famous. People yeah. want to see you shitting. See? Yeah. <sighs> Only fans, Jamie. Make that That's the natural extension of it, right? <laughs> we still haven't done the fucking body pillows yet. That's what people are still <laughs> hounding us for. Maybe, just an idea, we could even set it as a stretch goal on our Patreon which actually is a neat little segue to remind you that we are at this point in time pretty much entirely funded and the show is entirely made possible by your support on Patreon. That link, if you wanted it, is patreon.com forward slash super show. We want to give a big thank you to absolutely everyone that is supporting us over on there, no matter what tier you're at, no matter whether you have supported us past, present, or indeed future. But uh, for the sake of this episode, let's give some shout outs, shall we? Let's do it. All right, shout out to Aaron Cameron. We've got Athletic Gravy. Any prizes for guessing who this one might be? It's Chris Wears Jorts, one of my favourite names ever that we've had on the Patreon. Actually, not a new patron. It is, in fact, Brett, a.k.a. Shellshock, who took Chris's advice and changed his name on the Patreon website to Chris Wears Jorts. He was asking so, for it. When Chris said about that, He was, I think he was asking for some uh, comedy names. So there you go. He was asking for it. He got it. And by the way, for anyone wondering, Chris does, in fact, wear jorts. We've got Freddie K. Official, we've got Hacksaw Bookread, Jesper Cam, Dahl Nielsen, Jovella Cujo, Leo Merger, Lonnie Thompson, Manuel Guerrero, Martin Skihan, Mindful Pig, Nathan Piers, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, and the two top dogs, the big boys, Peaswad and the Dudabides. Folks, thank you all so much for your support. Thank you for making this possible. It really means a lot. Keeping the lights on. It does. It does. You are, you are awesome people, already. <sighs> you are exactly that. Anyway... Now that we've got uh, the housekeeping out of the way, shall we get into one of, I don't know, perhaps even my favourite segment of the podcast week on week? That's a, that's a lie, but it makes it a little bit more exciting than it actually is. <laughs> you know, keeping the folks at home on tenterhooks. That is, of course, the comment of the week. And this week it comes in from Dark Meekers on Fire. Great little name there. The comment is, and I didn't pick this out for anyone who thinks I'm humble bragging. I think Jonesy picked this out. It's, I did. It said, Big Chungus the Great. I, I think, which I think is me. I think is me. It's I'm not you. sure. Okay, it is you. Yeah. Big Chungus the Great is a damn good actor. Like I didn't believe anything you were saying about Jonesy. Then I saw Jamie, and it looked like he had been crying, and looked like he was about to cry. And I was like, "Fuck, maybe it's real." 
Then you started on it. It was because the Xbox Series S. And I was like, oh, you fucker, how you dare you mess with my feelings like that. Um, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what that was about, Chris started off last week's podcast by pretending that the continued absence of either Chris or Jonesy on either one of the podcasts and the fact they haven't been on one together for like three weeks now was actually the result of a beef. Uh, the two dads were fighting. They weren't getting on anymore. <laughs> and when Chris started telling that story, I started to pretend to qu- cry and Dark Mika's on fire actually noticed. And bought into it as well, which is great. Yeah. I'm actually I, I like well good people, actor. You are, you are very good. I, I like the um, the fact that people have they think that we're big enough to um, you know to to carry on with some pretense that we'd have to pretend we weren't having a beef. If we, I think if we were having an, <laughs> like a fight or an argument, we'd just have it on the podcast. I don't yeah. think we'd. Uh, True. They wouldn't be like we've got to keep this going for the fans. Shout <laughs> like out back it. to your Pierce five debate exactly. A case few in point, episodes ago. Yes, that was great. Yes, absolutely. Arguments that. that you manage to have on podcast rather than off air, if anything, are good for engagement. People tend to like them. People get involved yeah. as well. They do. They do. They love to get involved. For for anyone who is worrying, I think there are a few other people in the comments below that video who actually thought that we that um, Chris and I have had beef. Um, it's more to do with COVID and the fact that we both have families and young kids, and sometimes trying to film these and get the get the um, our schedules aligned and things is a bit of a nightmare sometimes. And last week I couldn't I couldn't partake. And uh, yeah, Chris is away at the moment, so he can't be here for this week. He won't be here next week either. Um, but we are having some awesome guests, which is why Steph is here and someone else exciting will be here next week so um, yeah. we're not fighting we maybe love each maybe other. chris should go on holiday for every episode we just get <laughs> steph in here full time how's the schedule looking steph what's the crypto world saying at the moment it's absolutely empty is it actually yeah finish at five o'clock maybe finish at six and then my evenings are free gaming i'm amazed by that because i I I thought because of like the whole covid thing and people probably going a bit crazy that the world of cryptos would go insane and then you just get ramped up in everything you've got to do but i guess not i mean working from home is always a lot more hands-on than working from an office I always... This is the point to say, just be careful that your employers don't watch this and then you just be like, I barely do anything Because Steph's just home. gone, oh, I'll clock off at five, sometimes six. I do absolutely nothing when I'm at home and it's absolutely great. No, it's, um, it's a lot more hands-on because there's no real differentiation between the morning, lunch and afternoon. Whereas if you're in an office, you tend to go out for an hour. You don't do that at home, sure. so you end up putting an extra hour in or you work past um, like home time because you're already at home, so you do a bit more work. So, But it's good. It keeps me busy. keeps me very, very busy. Well, it's great that on a Thursday at 2pm in the afternoon, you could join us for a couple of hours to record the podcast. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Steph. Absolutely. Yes. It's not. It's not. (laughs) To Steph's employers, it's not. It's about, uh, it's nearly nine o'clock in the evening. He's already done a full day's work. uh, I always shut my blinds on uh, on a 2pm to keep the light out. To be fair, we're gamers. Who needs sunlight, right? I've got to maintain this this pale skin somehow. <laughs> I'm doing a pretty good job of it at the moment. Shining lights on your face also helps. Anyway, just, Steph, just, just to pick up on something you mentioned there, you said that when you clock off, five o'clock, six o'clock, maybe even sometimes four, three o'clock, who are we to judge? <laughs> you do find yourself getting around to a bit of gaming. One of the things we like to do on the podcast, I don't know how much you actually listen to this. I wouldn't blame you if this is the first one you've ever actually heard. Every week. We, I um, listen every week. Do you actually? Yeah, actually. I stick it on when it comes out. I stick it on. I don't know when it comes out. True fan. But as soon as it appears in my YouTube subscription, it goes on when I'm working wow. and I listen. Okay. Do you watch it at one time speed? 1.5, two times? <laughs> Just help one. us out here. One, one time. time speed every yeah. week. 
Yeah. That's what I like to hear. You might yeah, be one of the more loyal people we've got in our entire community. Not throwing yeah, you know, firing watching. shots here. Okay, then you already know what's next. We're going to do a little cheeky uh, catch-up. And I invite you to take the floor to tell us if you've been playing anything recently. What's been oh. occupying your gaming time? What have you been streaming? Have you made any interesting videos on Technuova recently? Any interesting tech reviews you want to let the people at home know about? What have, what's been exciting you, I guess? Well, in terms of tech, nothing has been exciting me recently, what? especially what I've been looking at. It's, um, it's been a bit of a shame, to be honest with you, but I have had an honour laptop come through. It's the Honor Magic Book 14. It's not a gaming laptop by any means, but it's a nice, stylish, almost MacBook style workhorse of a laptop. Mm, so okay. if you're going to be pulling it out in business meetings, then you're going to look the nuts. Should, should I have heard of Honor? Honor is the sister company of Huawei, who everyone oh. has for their mobile phones. So uh, it's a bit risky that it's plugged into my home <laughs> Wi-Fi at the moment, but uh, the Chinese might be listening into everything that I'm doing in my bedroom. But, so uh, in your business meeting, you look, you look the nuts, but the Chinese yeah, have got access Chinese, to all of yeah. your information yeah. and all of your company details. Yeah, they, they yeah. just Apropos stolen. of nothing, what are your thoughts on uh, Chairman Mao? Just if you could give your thoughts, <laughs> sum them up in 30. No, I'm joking. Chairman Mao is a fantastic person. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hard to disagree with you. Um, but in terms of gaming, I've actually... I've, I've, as people, some people will, will know here that I very much variety stream things over on the Technoover Twitch channel. But one game that I have been enjoying so far is Control. And I never okay, played yes, it yes. on the PlayStation when it first came out. And it's recently-ish landed on Steam. So yep. I've been playing through that and I am enjoying that at the moment. Not really sure what's going on with the story. I'm only about four to six hours in. The janitor character is absolutely wicked. I love <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's cool, yeah. What was his name? He's got this really wicked Scandinavian name, like some Finnish name that's really... I'm, I'm le- What's his name? It's like, I've got to look it up now because it, I, I, I want to say... <laughs> I can't he's, remember. Come on, Jonesy. Jan, he's not, yeah. I was thinking something beginning Jan with a Y something. as well. I'm looking it up. So uh, if you've got any other last minute guesses... Oh, no, you're we're way off. Oh. It's, 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 like- it's Arti. A-H-T-I. A-H-T-I. But yeah, that, that game I have been enjoying. And are, you, this- um, are you all ray traced up? Yes. Yeah, I'm ray traced, but I am using DLSS to uh, okay. pump out a lower resolution, but the AI deep learning stuff to upscale the picture. And it actually right. looks the nuts as well. Yeah. It's one of the best implementations of ray tracing that I've actually seen so far. I'm so taught, like, Control is such an interesting game to me. Like, half of me thinks it's amazing, really well made, looks incredible, and half of me feels like it's a game that came out, like, 15 years ago. Or 10 years uh, ago, let's be fair. Uh, like, it's got, it's just got a fit. In, I think I said this to someone, the other, like, the other day, that it, it feels like a remake to me, if that makes sense. Like, it's it's a cool game. It's a very enjoyable game, but it feels like it could have come out in a, in a, a previous version or an earlier format like 10 years ago, and it's been remade. I don't know why it gives me that sort of sense, that sort of feel, but it's not a bad thing. It's not a criticism. Yeah. It's, just an, it's just an observation. I kind of know what you mean. In fact, like, Jonesy, you might know what I'm talking about when I say I actually wrote a script a couple of weeks ago, uh, one that um, might or may not be used for an upcoming video on the Super Show YouTube channel, and we're talking about kind of nostalgia and charm and how they related to a sort of a bunch of third person shooters that came out around you know 10 to 15 yes. years ago and we're talking about how that kind of b game third person shooter somewhat died out and while i don't think control is an exact you know replica of that style of game i don't think it fills that quota so to speak 
the games I picked out were Control and Sunset Overdrive as the closest things to feeling like that old school B game third person shooter. Right. In, in an era where the, that, that genre has kind of been taken over by you know, your Xboxes and your Playstations as a prestige genre, and they're making games like The Last of Us and Uncharted and Gears of War, and now third-person shooters are all about quadruple experiences and polish. Games like Control are far more like, nah, this is about an 8-10 to 10 hour campaign with really solid gameplay fundamentals, a really intriguing story, some of which is delivered you know, actively with dialogue and cutscenes, but other parts of which are delivered through collectibles and stuff like that. Very interesting world. And I guess, Steph, if you're on yeah. Steam, you've got the Ultimate Edition, so you might have to play through to the DLC and come back and let us know what you think, because we haven't touched it yet, us three. Yeah. No, we haven't. I've got the DLC stuff. But what's in, what's got- interesting, though, that you've just said is, why would you call Control feeling like a remake when something like Uncharted is not? Or even, I don't know, something older like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, for example, would that be a third-person feeling remake over Control? Do you know what it was for me? Was, was I think it was Control had some, almost some feel of like, um, part of it was how the, the enemies attack you. So it's almost like when they spawn in and they do seem a little bit dumb in some respects. And some of those um, enemy mobs are kind of very, they just come at you and they yeah. sort of hover towards you. And it's, more, it's almost like an old Resident Evil style feel. And I think you add to that the creepy element to it, the, um, the, the sort of slight horror elements that you don't get to see as much as Jamie was saying. There's a lot of games now that come out where they don't sort of, they don't grab onto that kind of freaky horror element as yeah. much as older games used to. And when you put it all together, um, it just it just really gave me this odd sense of like, oh, this feels like it, it must have been uh, from a past era and then it's been remade to look amazing and, and you know, play really well. Um, even some of the things like the way the gun upgrades and the way that it looks and the different uh, types of, you know, a pistol that becomes a shotgun and becomes a rocket launcher, it felt some, it felt kind of something I, I would have expected to see in maybe in generations got in the past. Yeah. But it's... It, in some ways, it's really smart because nostalgia is a really big thing these days, and and Control is a fantastic game. It's something, it's, you know, one of the few games that I managed to actually finish um, pretty soon after it <laughs> came out. That's because it's only like ten hours long, Jonesy. Yeah. <laughs> it always helps. It absolutely helps. Um, but the, the one thing I Control got with me was um, it was a game that I wanted to go back into um, because of the feel of the environment. Less so some of the combat, more because of the intrigue around. Uh, the story and, and and what was going on and secondly um, it was because I think some of the level design was fantastic like the maze I think you you won't be there yet but it's one of the best levels I think it's called the maze it's one of the best levels I've played a- Ashtray? In, uh, in this Ashtray generation maze? sorry Ashtray maze is that it that's, that's the one yes yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the best designed um, levels I think I've played for the entire generation yeah. and then even some of the side um, quest, not side quests. I suppose they're they're little side stories that you don't even have to touch. But if you do, you get into sort of you get to experience even more of the world. And there's some weird stuff. With, have you done the fridge yet? Have you have you met the fridge? No, the fridge is quite like some of this is it's very cool. But the last thing I did was it it, it almost looked like poo in the sewers <laughs> in the sewers, and you had to shoot the little oh, I know sweet corns. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Poo in the sewers. Yeah, yeah. it literally yeah, looked yeah. like poo and sweet corns. The the and, director uh, of the uh, the Federal Bureau of Control had been taking a few big dumps lately, <laughs> yeah. and fading us to go down below deck and clear them out. Yeah, 
absolutely. There's also, I will say then there's, because I find it hard to talk about control without people think I'm being negative because I'm not trying to be negative, but I can see what comes across like that. But a lot of the character interaction to me and the way that you go back to like, uh, you go back to talk to characters and, and they're just kind of there and they never leave an area and you, yeah. you go off and do something and then you come back to them. That to me Best feels like past <laughs> generation. The, um, I can't remember her name, but the blonde woman. She's always yeah. got a clipboard the and board, she sits in the yes. boardroom. Every time you go in, she's in the same spot. And, and there's um, a security guy that you go and meet and then you leave and then you come back and he just stands there yeah. and you just talk to him and then you go and there's people yeah. dying all around him and he doesn't move and you just go back there's to him. One thing to him. I have noticed about that game is every single bathroom you go in, the left stool is open, the right stool is shut, and there's like a medical <laughs> box on the wall. Right. Every single bathroom. But so that's there's things for, like that. That Sorry, stuff Jim. for me. No, 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 no. So that stuff for me ends up being less about, to use Jonesy's words, control feeling like a remake, and that they're ideas or, you know, concepts from a bygone era that are brought back into today. And more just like control is a business case and was a game that was developed under the pretense of a game of a bygone era, where it's almost like this 2.5 A game or a quote-unquote B game. Like it was probably, like it was uh, Remedy working without Microsoft, which they hadn't done for a little while after games like Quantum Break and Alan Wake. It was what them being published by 505, who are one of the smaller third-party publishers, admittedly one of the bigger, smaller ones, if that makes sense, but still yeah. not you know one of your heavy hitters, and a game that probably didn't have a massive budget. And that kind of lent it feeling of, of more of like a business sense of it being a game of a bygone era than an actual gameplay sense of it feeling like but a see, game of a bygone era. I see, because, I, dude, I you can't, feel like you can't tell all... me that when you're using that telekinesis and you're holding these bits and like particles are flying everywhere and you're yeah. getting all these crazy, you can't tell me that that feels like an old game. Like that shit was the best feeling combat. No, no, Some l- of the best l- feeling let combat. Me, let me clarify. Okay. I, I mean, it's done on, it feels like it's done on purpose. It doesn't feel like it's. I don't mean it's. It's uh, they're sort of dredging up stuff from a bygone era. It almost feels to me that they had a feel that they were trying to instill in you, and they did it by using some some um, some things from older games in order to make you feel a certain way. And I think it did a great job. Like it was. I think it was a fantastic game. It's very enjoyable. I had a bit of a weird thing with it when it came out because I heard so many. Uh, really high levels of praise for it. And when I played it, I was like, this feels a little strong. Um, but it's a fantastic game. It's it's a very, very good, very good game. If you haven't played it, I would, I would absolutely recommend, yeah, recommend yeah. playing it. As I say, I'm only four, six hours in three streams now, and I would recommend it already. I'm having a great time with it. And for the folks at home, because I don't expect you to to say this yourself and because you're too humble, too polite, but twitch.tv forward slash Technoovo is the place to head to go and watch uh, Steph play Control, but I feel like you're usually pretty good at uh, getting over a bunch of fairly big new releases, and then you've also got your 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 fair few kind of chilled out streams as well. You've been playing some Valorant and Heroes of the Storm lately. Good yeah. variety, would you wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. We're very much a variety streamer. I don't like getting locked into into one game. I I get very bored if I if I was a full time streamer and I was a Warzone streamer, I'd be bored by the end of the week. So I yeah. love a bit of variety. Do you know what? I enjoyed watching you play Horizon. Um, yeah. you know, I haven't played obviously since it came out, and watching you play that on PC because I know you, um, you sort of got it recently and you hadn't played it. I don't, I don't think you played it when it um, back in the day. I did. did. I played it you did. until you get to the trials at the very beginning, and then oh okay, I right. So you didn't off. get very far. No, I fell off hard. But this, but I enjoyed time, watching I'm... you play that again. I really, I liked that. I liked to, um, getting to watch all that stuff again. It was very cool. 
Yeah. And it looks wicked on PC as well. Whatever See, they've done. <laughs> Weirdly it. enough, I had the same thing watching Steph play Death Stranding. Like, there's almost this fascinating right. thing where I guess we play these games when they come out on PlayStation, but Steph waits for the PC ports, which are becoming all the more frequent now. In fact, that might be something we have to talk about a few times later on in this podcast as we get into PS5 territory. But it gives you another opportunity to not just be reminded of a game you maybe haven't thought about for a while, but see it running at frame rates you never thought it could hit. Yeah, I was watching, true, yeah. watching Steph play Death Stranding. I was like, man maybe i need to play death stranding again yeah that, um, that, that game looked good as well that's that a hilarious one for a few reasons because i remember watching steph play death stranding when it did come out on playstation and it was hilarious <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the number of times he In died fact, steph wasn't there something where i had taken time off to play the game but you guys ended up getting sent it before i did and so yeah. you were on a stream yeah well and i was watching from home was that it yeah. And you died in like the first 10 seconds? Yeah, I clicked forward on the analog stick. He stumbled down a little bit of a hill and I couldn't stop him and he went straight off the side of a cliff and then I had to start the game again. <laughs> that was it, dead in a matter of seconds. I think, I'm starting um, that game. That sums up uh, the ATG streams quite well, if anything. <laughs> yeah. Kind of what made this fun. Yeah, that's, that's a game that I need to finish. I still haven't finished it. <laughs> I will. I, I will. I'm halfway it. through. I've just I'm left Portnot City, so I'm not far into that game at <laughs> oh, all. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, You've I haven't actually. I've been, I've been in the desert area, the second desert area for quite some time now. At, at one point in time, I was egging Steph on to uh, have a race with you, Jonesy, and see if he could complete Death Stranding before you even came back <laughs> yeah. to it. And his odds were still probably could. possible, very I possible. Could. I still could if I picked it that up. Is, it's now. a fantastic <laughs> game. It's a, it's a really good game. It's just it long. Is. I mean, 50 hours yeah. is a long time for a game. But anyway. Anyway. Okay. Steph, can I uh, selfishly ask you a tech question just for my own personal needs? Yeah. I was watching the Apple event the other day that actually happened this past week. I learned maybe a few hours before the event even started that I shouldn't expect any iPhone news there. And indeed, there was no iPhone news there. It was all Apple Watch and iPad. What yeah. shall I do for a phone? Because I've been sitting on the same phone for like two or three years. What have you I got? have the same question, you know? And tell me who I should be aware of as someone who is a lifelong iPhone user. Lifelong, you know what I mean? Decade plus long iPhone user who's willing to change for maybe the first time. I mean, as, I've, as I have the same of... question. I've got a seven plus. So where where yeah, do I go? I've got the same phone as Jonesy. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the sevens. Now you you guys are literally in the Stone Age. For phones. <laughs> yeah. um, hey Steph, if ever you need uh, like a cheeky new headshot for your LinkedIn, I've got a two megapixel camera with your name on it. <laughs> I mean, a safe a safe bet for me, and I've always been a long time fan of Google Phone. They've got the cleanest implementation of Android without any of the bloatware and gumph you get with other third-party manufacturers on the android side samsung are making very decent phones now very nice cameras and uh funnily enough huawei as well i was gonna say very very nice cameras on their phone as notice well. that steph is really pushing the uh yeah. the chinese angle actually hard. i don't know if you noticed jonesy brainwashed. But, uh, <laughs> in a moment there while uh steph was talking about samsung and hadn't mentioned huawei yet there was actually a little red dot that weirdly <laughs> appeared and was kind of hovering around his head yeah. I'm not sure if, not sure what that was about but could you uh could you do a bit of after effects color correction in uh in post i can't i can't uh, let this get I, out you're, you're really underestimating just how lazy i'm gonna be with this <laughs> Especially when we record them in the evening. It's like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Let's get this bitch rendering. 
Yeah. Jo- Jonesy took a shit in the middle of it. Don't worry, not going to cut it out. We're just going to we're just going to leave it in. I, 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 Jonesy last week or the week before you actually left to go to the toilet, didn't you? He was like, I'm just a uh, week go. before. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. It was too long, man. I had to do it. But I, I think that's fine. I think I think it it becomes more natural rather than having a heavily edited piece of content. It feels I, I agree. Yeah, there's two. There's two more of them to keep having a chat. Absolutely. Yeah, you got <laughs> you got to keep the conversation moving if someone needs a toilet. Uh, well, the good news is my bladder's feeling okay. I can confirm that for the time being, early days I know I'm not going to piss and or shit during the rest of this podcast. I, I went before. I went before actually? we started. Yeah. Good idea, Jonesy. Oh, I did as well. I'm clever. Like See, that. <laughs> fucking talk about professionals. Yeah. We all know what this podcast and game is about. We've all taken our shits. And now we can um, talk about what we've been up to in this week. And Jonesy, uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago where Phil Spencer did a little video for Microsoft to talking about this, that, and the other? One of the things where he filmed it in his bedroom. And then it Indeed. got revealed a couple of weeks later, once the existence of the Xbox Series S was confirmed, that he actually had an Xbox Series S in the background of a shot in one of the shelves in his bedroom the entire time and no one noticed. Uh, do you know what actually I didn't see that I thought you were talking about something else but no, no, I, interesting why'd you bring it up oh just because I'm wondering if maybe you have had something hiding in the background of your shot the entire time <laughs> that you wanted to show the folks at home uh, uh, oh, yes so one of my only that. little things that I've had in the last actually yesterday this bad boy arrived after about two months of waiting for it this is my Secret Labs Cyberpunk 2077 uh, edition gaming chair um, and my little secret labs pillow as well um, that arrived yesterday like I said after um, about two months I think I uh, I tried to get it um, when it first released couldn't get it, it was sold out um, so pre-ordered it and then had to wait obviously with COVID and everything else they've had some issues with delivery but it is a it is a very comfortable chair I will say um, and I ended up sitting in it playing Marvel's Avengers until three in the morning with you last night, Jamie, which is why I am really struggling today. Yeah. Because um, hey, I had to get up might, at seven with my kids. So you might be you tired, go. but you don't have a bad back. I don't have a bad back. My back feels great. Also, I told you guys about this before. I'm, I apologise if I get to keep touching my glasses, but they've broken. I'm rocking the Harry Potter look because the arm fell off. Um, so there you go. But um, yeah, so the chair arrived. I um, put it together last night. I think it was about half past 10. I actually filmed it. So I'm going to make it into an unboxing and put it onto my channel Hell yeah. um, at some point. It's got to be a full it. review. It has to be a full uh, review. It won't be a full review. I think it, I just, I, I, can't, I, I can't be bothered. I don't think people would care. They I'm, maybe I'm, they would. I'm, I'm, I'm with might... Steph. Full review. Yeah. Full review. I'll give this, show you I'll the give this chair a 7 out of 10 for comfort, especially if you I, put it I like, <laughs> I like the fact that I can wiggle the handle like this and I can move the arm like that. Um, it's a, no, it's a, I... It's funny because I had another, like an old office chair that I was using that people may have seen in a couple of um, episodes gone by of the podcast. But I sat in this yesterday and I was I was tired already and I just nearly fell asleep just sitting in the chair. <laughs> I was like, this is so nice. Um, but I have one other bit of news as well because following um, from on from something we talked about or we will talk about a bit later on, PlayStation 5 had their pre-orders open last night and I was not able to pre-order and I was a bit worried that I wouldn't be able to get hold of one. Mm. Um, And so I had a stroke of genius um, and I decided to head down to my local game store at about sort of half past nine this morning thinking that they might have some in-store pre-orders even though they had none left online and I couldn't find any online anywhere else. Um, I think Smith's Toys had some that were also sold out. Uh, so went down there, there was a queue of about sort of six or seven people and they had about, I think, 
I think they said they had about a hundred pre-orders still like left to sell. Um, Which for one for so, one damn. store is quite a lot. Well, I, I wonder if that was a cro- if that wasn't. Oh, no, I suppose it must have been. It must have been for one store. But from what the guy from what they said, it was um, they'd actually sold out a number of times in the morning, and they'd been speaking to their head office, and the head office was saying, "We do have more units. You can like we can sell more units." And so I managed to pre-order a PlayStation Five. Uh, disc version of course so i can play my old disc boy games for my playstation 4 so i now have um well in six weeks time i should be able to collect my very own playstation 5 six which weeks I'm super hyped about i guess it is it's a roughly not, it's maybe a bit more not, not, Nine, far, not far off yeah about that six weeks seven weeks something like that 19th so it's a month and two days oh blimey less than six weeks jesus no no, no more than six weeks no, two months and two days. Sorry, that my bad. I was going to say yeah, two months and two days. I knew, I knew what I, I knew what I was thinking, and I said the wrong thing. If that makes sense. So it's probably, okay. So, so it's closer so to like nine, nine closer weeks? to nine weeks. Nine yeah, weeks? closer to nine weeks. Nine weeks. In fact, um, it might it might even be nine weeks to the day because I think it's coming out on a Thursday. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was I was uh, I was worried. I'm not going to lie. This morning I was worried. Um, but hopefully, hopefully yeah. I will have a PlayStation Five well, when it comes out. The thing is, you were potentially right to be worried because one of the things we're going to get into once we've recapped the PS5 showcase itself and everything that happened on that live stream was the pre-order situation was a bit of a shit show. Kind of created a lot of pandemonium uh, for people all over the world, it felt like. Certainly gauging from our Discord, everyone in different territories was experiencing different things. Some people seemed to open up pre-orders online and digitally immediately. Some people were still waiting for the next day. Some people were kind of doing online pre-orders, but also having in-store pre-orders. We had some people in certain parts of Europe who, even up to earlier today, didn't know where to go to pre-order. There are certain websites here in the UK that don't seem as though their pre-orders ever went live. And then the other thing is that prior to what's... Like, uh, despite what some people thought would happen, they are fucking selling out. Like, in the UK, at least. Like, Gamergon, Amazon have gone... Uh, you know, shop to Curry's gone, went. Argos I think gone, almost Curry's. straight away. Smiths went. Yeah, yeah. Even one of those ones where you hear about rogue websites. Someone on our Discord said a place called AO.com. They knew someone who'd managed to get one from there. And by the time I looked, it was gone. So, was, uh, this is this might be quite annoying for people listening to this on Friday. Um, but apparently, Argos uh, haven't started taking pre-orders yet. They yeah, don't start okay. until tomorrow. So, we, uh, which would be Friday morning. Um, so people will listen to this and may have missed it in the UK and realised that they could have, if yeah. they had the information, they could have ordered it. But yeah. that's as far as I understand. But like you said, most of the others all went live um, on Thursday and so yeah. and have now sold out. My understanding was a lot of the US ones, like I think at Best Buy and places like that, started online pre-orders pretty much an hour or two after the showcase finished. So a little bit of a, uh, a panic as people struggled to figure out what was going on. But hopefully anyone who's watching or listening to this, if you wanted one, you got one. And if you didn't, Never give up hope because you never know what's going to happen with stock and availability towards the end of the year. Steph, not to kind of jump the gun on the whole PS5 discussion, but seeing as we are talking about PS5s, and I'll say for anyone wondering, I have also pre-ordered one as well. I was just about to ask if you'd got yourself one. I I did. I managed to get one uh, online about 1am last night, which I'm hoping, you know, I'm still dreading the day when I get that email where they say, hey, we fucked up, we sold too many too quickly, (laughs) and you've, you've missed out. But that's life at the moment. Where, I'm guessing you didn't feel the the need to immediately go and to splurge on one or get or fight for a pre order. No, I'm no, definitely not. To be honest with you, and I think you know my history with consoles. Anyway, I mean, I was a very late 
investor into the PlayStation or into Sony as a platform, gaming platform, a year before the PS5 was announced, I bought my PlayStation 4. Yeah, um, true. And it's, it's something I was going to bring up later, but there are a lot of exclusive games to Sony, but also coming to PC as well, which was a very interesting thing to see. Mm-hmm. So that's something, as I said, I was going to touch on. But I don't feel the need myself to, to get a PlayStation, not yet anyway. I don't yeah. think I'll get the full potential, the full sure. use out of it. It'll become an ornament in my room. <laughs> I'm, yeah, for as excited as I am, I was talking to someone in our Discord earlier, uh, Cameron, who said that he actually thinks that after a lot of, you know, ruminating on everything that's going on, he might not even pick up either next-gen console, at least not until sometime in 2021. Of course, our mutual friend, Martin, who we talked to a lot about gaming stuff, is also doing the same. And my takeaway for all of the stuff is, for as much as we are excited, and we would get FOMA if we weren't a part of that first wave, that first fleet of gamers... I don't think you're going to dramatically miss out by, you know, taking your time on this one. A lot of games are going to keep coming out cross-generation for PlayStation 4. A lot of games are going to be on PC. On the Xbox side of things, a lot of games are going to be on Game Pass. This is going to be one of those generations where, I know it's kind of a corny thing to say, but it's going to be a good time and a fun time to be playing games no matter how you choose to do so. And I don't think people are, I don't think that many people are going to feel left out in a way that maybe they have before in prior generations which is good and i guess steph like you said like so the pc is so well supported nowadays by both sony and microsoft ironically that you're probably gonna be fine right yeah i think i will and i think there will be some exclusives that i miss out on spider-man was a big one spider-man's coming to ps4 though but yeah if i wanted to play it, i've got my ps4 sitting here as well that yeah. i can jump in so having the physical console yeah. isn't a huge issue. The the people they're really getting at are people like, I think I'm in this camp, Jonesy's in this camp, and some other people. <laughs> but it, do you know what it is? It's the people who hate that niggling feeling when they know they're not playing the best version of that experience that they could be. The Playing right. Spider-Man, Mars Morales, or God of War, or Horizon Forbidden West on a yeah. PS4, when you know the PS5 version looks and runs and plays better, or whatever it is. Yeah, That's when I, I have that... Hey, do you know what the game was that made me buy a PS4 Pro and a 4K TV? Go on. I reckon. Sorry. Oh, go on. I, I just spoiled it. It was Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, it was Horizon. Like, because I didn't, uh, I didn't want to play the inferior, the quote unquote inferior version of that game. I can't remember if that. I think it might have been the same for me. I'm not actually sure what it was. You guys you made me buy a PS4. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but exactly, that was for me the same thing. It was um, if there's a better, faster. Um, more advanced version and I wanted to get hold of it but weirdly because I didn't actually get onto the PlayStation 4 bandwagon until six months or so after its initial release um, it wasn't something I felt the need to jump onto and I think as you've already said Jamie this generation even feels more like something that you could wait to hop onto because there is more crossover because you can play games on so many in so many different ways now and, unle- and realistically I mean even if you waited six months eight months it's not like you're going to be missing out on um any uh, big games that aren't going to come to the PlayStation 4 sure. or um, are just going to be on the PlayStation 5. Yeah. So I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a big, um, at least there's a lot of people that won't be able to play it or won't be able to get one who want one as a lot of people that will want to wait. And I kind of feel like they're actually in a pretty strong position. It's, not, sure. it's not too bad. For sure. And I think that will be, as you just suggested there, echoed as we go through the showcase itself and talk about all the games and look at their individual scenarios in terms of release dates, which platforms they're coming out on that sort of that FOMO will disappear for a lot of people, but also hopefully the excitement of the new gen will remain for everyone who's committed. So 
How about following that little uh, conversation, we take a detour back to the showcase itself, which for anyone that was kind of wondering as to how this all came about, we had a situation last week that Chris and I talked about on the podcast where Xbox's hand was somewhat forced following some leaks, and it became clear that the existence of the Xbox Series S, which was something of an open secret at the time, was confirmed, and things like the prices and release dates for the Series X and the Series S were outed. They were widely talked about on Twitter and various other social media platforms. And so Xbox basically overnight had to come out with tweets, ironically, saying, yes, it's true. This is when it's all coming out. These are the prices. Um, They also, though, announced that pre-orders for the Series S and the Series X were taking place very shortly. In fact, as you guys are listening to this, it'll be just a short couple of days. Uh, I think it's something like the 22nd of September, around that date, which put PlayStation in a weird position of A, the cat and mouse game around the price and release date being over, you know, that game of chicken as some people were describing it, and B, wanting to get pre-orders out there, hopefully before Xbox. And so they announced that they would have the showcase that took place at the time of recording last night, which they said was 40 minutes long, which meant that we were going to get some software, and indeed we did. But before we get to that, we'll talk about the things that we've already somewhat addressed. The release date, I don't know how many people saw this coming. Certainly we didn't. I don't know how you felt, Steph. But the release date is actually slightly staggered. So it is coming out on the 12th of November in selected countries, which so far includes the US, Japan, Canada, Australia, South Korea, Mexico, and New Zealand. And then one week later on the 19th of November for the rest of the world, which I think Jonesy and I were discussing earlier, with all due respect to you know the South American and, and African video game markets, which are big, but are traditionally, you know, a little bit behind, so to speak. I think the bigger mission there, and we're not just saying this because where we live, but it, it's probably Europe, right? Yeah. It does feel like a, it does feel like a bit of a, um, not a kick in the teeth, that's maybe a little bit too much, but it was surprising somewhat that we have to wait a whole week in order to get our hands on it. It will be a weird week too, like watching the Americans unboxing and reviewing those games, <laughs> playing yeah. Spider-Man and Demon Souls and all that stuff. The reviews you- coming out. But do you Go think that's step. the point? Do you think that's part of some grand marketing plan? Do they release it in some of the biggest countries in the world? They get press for free because the amount of unboxings, the amount of reviews, the amount of Let's Plays, which is then going to cause this chain reaction onto the rest of the world to think, actually, yeah, PlayStation looks wicked. I'm going to buy one now. I think, I think that's too elaborate a plan. And I don't think targeting <laughs> Europe makes sense in that sense. It, it's also odd because, um, and we'll go on to talk about this, but because of the pre-order situation, it's not like they need to get people to sign up to buy them. I no. mean, you won't be able to buy one then. So it's true. Like it's already done. The deal's already done. Like if you don't yeah. own, if you don't own a pre-order by then, you, I think you're going to be you in what, trouble. I will put my tinfoil hat on and join Steph if there <laughs> is a miraculous new wave of stock. <clears throat> that arrives specifically in Europe, specifically on the 12th or the 13th of November. <laughs> yeah, if so the they've reviews got them in the, in the States, <laughs> and yeah, then you get an email of being like, hey, the stock is miraculously increased in the UK, so if you want to get the <laughs> the console that's all the rage in the States, then, then get involved. I mean, any possible you know, sort of reasons as to why this might have happened beyond Steph's kind of marketing suggestion? The only like, other idea reasons? I had was um, to control... Uh, manufacturing is if they have oh, reordered a huge amount in those countries and they think, oh, actually, we haven't got enough to fill all orders. Because right. we've already seen stories come out from various um, publications online. Games Industry Biz, I think, covered it quite heavily that they allocated X million 
they've got less than that now, but they still yep. think they've got enough to fulfill all orders. Maybe it's just yeah. a fail safe to get as many right. orders fulfilled as possible in the countries that they've announced, just in case they need to start letting people down. Right. It also kind of gives them the option to, let's say they they couldn't do a worldwide release until the 19th, um, they but they can do a half world release by the 12th and that they want to do it as early as possible so that they're saying hey we'll go we at least we can have this slated as the 12th is the release date of the playstation 5 um they technically it's not because they can't do a whole world release because of the limited number of units but i think they're kind of gaming this system a little bit yeah. um but i think it all comes down to covid and to manufacturing and etc 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 that's interesting <clears throat> don't see I wonder if there is something to that, this, this idea that potentially at one point in time it was going to be a global release on the 19th. Then Xbox came out and said that both the Series X and Series S are coming out on the 10th, and PlayStation panicked and said, nine days is too big a head start to yeah. have just the Xbox on the market. If we bring these territories forward by a week, Xbox only have a two-day head start in massive territories like Japan and the US and Canada, South Korea, Australia, and so on and so forth. And that's maybe worth the backlash from the angry Europeans like us. <laughs> you've also, because it's interesting because, of course, you've also got the weird thing now that um, because the PlayStation pre-order um, is live now and you still have to wait a bit longer for Xbox, it, like I think you said, it's a cat and mouse game. So you can already go and pre-order a PlayStation 5 and then you might have already pre-ordered one and then you're not going to pre-order an Xbox. I don't, I think Steph said like um, a lot of it is down to uh, or it could be down to like marketing and that they want you to buy one. I think in this sense, it's less down to marketing and trying to say, buy a PlayStation 5, buy an Xbox. It's more like um, those two companies are vying for your buck. And so there's different ways of doing it. Make, it needs to be released uh, as soon as possible because people are going to get FOMO, you know, like you were saying, where yeah. they'll say, well, I want it as soon as possible. If I can have an Xbox on the 10th and I have to wait until the 19th for a PlayStation, that might influence some people. Um if you can pre-order the PlayStation now and you can't pre-order an Xbox, you might just go get so excited that you pre-order a PlayStation. Maybe. But if the pre-order hadn't happened for another, you know, on the same day, then you might have been a little bit more torn. It's it's very business and strategy and yeah. tech. It's, it's weird like that, isn't it's, it? Very I think it's, it's trying to chase after those stragglers, right? Because you're definitely going right. to have your PlayStation, you're going to have your Xbox. And no matter what either side does, they are fans. And then it's going to be those fence sitters that think, as Jonesy just said, oh, this is now available. Shall I get to do this? Shall I do that? And mm -hmm. they're going after that, that smaller percentage, I think. Yeah. And then even the pre-order pandemonium that we discussed earlier, when different stores are doing it at different times in different territories, even that, that does create a kind of hysteria that sometimes gets to people's heads and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know whether I want to be a part of this or not. Fuck it. I'm just going to do it rather than worry later. And I will say... Anecdotally, and this perhaps isn't surprising given the existing install bases on the Xbox side and the PlayStation side, but when the Xbox information was released last week, talked about it with Chris on the podcast, obviously, because it was news, but that was the, uh, the extent of it. But I will say in the last 24 hours since the showcase ended and when I woke up this morning, slash this afternoon, because you, know, <laughs> you played bird. Avengers till three in the morning. Because <laughs> Josie and me played Avengers till three in the morning. Um, I did have people from, I, I wonder if you guys get this where like in some groups of friends, you end up becoming the de facto gaming person. And so whenever they have a question, yeah. they go to you. And I did look at my phone. And I was like a bunch of people I haven't spoken to in a while. are like, should I get the PS5? Which version of it should I get? Will it be bad if I get the digital version? Which games are actually going to come out? How do I play FIFA on this and that and blah, 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 blah. People, and that didn't happen with Xbox. So 
there's definitely this, the you know, word of the PlayStation, unsurprisingly, is getting out there. People are having their hands forced, so to speak, and feeling like they kind of need to get in there sooner rather than later. So it's working. It's crazy, but it's working. Can, can I, so here's a funny thing about that. This is, this is completely unrelated, but you just made me think of something which I always find, I always find cute and hilarious at the same time, which is... When it like for people that don't know, when it comes to like me, Chris, and Jamie, I always feel like the dumb one who doesn't know anything about games out of the three of us. And I, and you know, and I'm always saying to them, Oh, what about this? What about that? Like, if I have a question about console stuff, I'll ask Jamie. If I have a question about like techie stuff or or PCs, I'll ask Chris. But then when I'm with my friends, I'm that I'm the one who knows about games, and it's so <laughs> odd because I'm not used to being that one. And yeah, I, I had a few messages today saying, Um, uh, do you know where I can get hold of a PlayStation? Like, do you know yeah. how I can pre order this? And I, it was weird. Did you I start sort of sweating and, think, and panicking? Oh my no, god, the texts so, are coming in, lads. I can't handle this. So I've I had it in the game store. I sh- so and this uh, this harks back to sort of to a, a podcast that were um, from a from a little while ago that we will not rehash any of it. But I had quite a funny little um uh, situation in the in the game store when I went for my pre-order in that I could hear people talking about the consoles um about the, the two variations of the, the PlayStation and the the people who worked there were sort of answering a couple of questions and they got a couple of things wrong in my in my estimations um you not like wrong out. wrong you should have not out. wrong no I did do you know what it was a weird one I, I <laughs> no, had a, my pe- wife pe- said pe- to me people why people did- already know where this is going now and <laughs> so some people will yeah but I and I don't think Steph might not have seen it on the discord earlier but um uh someone in front this so bizarre this this happened but a guy in front of me in the queue in game asked the person behind the till um uh, for the for the PlayStation Five, and she asked him. I think it was whether he wanted any controllers and stuff. And then he he said, "I should I should say that I think I heard this. This is COVID. Everyone's wearing masks. Everything's a bit muffled. I don't want to like call out anyone who works at Game. I'm sure that she. I'm sure that this was just a, an oversight or whatever. But he said, "Will my PlayStation Four controllers work on my PlayStation Five? <laughs> and she said, "Yes." And I lit. I laughed to myself because that is the exact hypothetical <laughs> we used. Yeah. And after the and I like I said I I had about three hours sleep last night and it was this was early this, this was that was why Jonesy was r- tossing and turning couldn't <laughs> yeah. get over the fact that this person had <laughs> oh, I should have I, told I her the of, answer <laughs> I was like hov- this is the thing I didn't say anything and um and my wife when I when I got home she was like why didn't you say something because you know you you know about this stuff you should have piped up and said actually and I was like well do you know what he was he was two people in front of me which is i guess is like four meters away everyone's got masks on i'm not going to start yelling at some dude over the thing and i actually freaked out a little bit when i actually got to the front because i was gonna say oh by the way the playstation 4 controllers are only compatible with playstation 4 titles on the playstation 5 but then i was worried that maybe i'd misheard she would think i'm being an arsehole and she would somehow mess up my pre-order on purpose like leave, so let, leave, leave a note really on the system theory. like don't fucking I just, oh, give man, this guy I was, like i said i've been floating around today on caffeine and no sleep so i was <laughs> i was a bit like yeah it's yeah so i didn't say anything maybe I just like, maybe you would have reignited debate the debate had it not you know been beaten out of you over the course of weeks as that you know that <laughs> argument kept being brought up and brought up and brought up and then the comments got involved and the discord got involved and it went on and on to the point where i think you and me have both agreed we're over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you know, I, I, I even rationalised to myself that I would have said something there and then had it not been for the fact that I know that the PlayStation Five ships with a controller, and that dude is not going to have to worry about playing because uh, I think he was ordering Spider Man at the same time. He's yeah. not going to worry about playing Spider Man. Although um, with that, I was going to leave this till later, but I might as well bring it up to now. The controller debate 
does get a little bit stranger with the announcement that Sony made after the fact that certain PlayStation 5 titles like Horizon Forbidden West, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I believe Sackboy A Big Adventure might have been another one, are in fact coming out on the PlayStation 4 as well. So then you get into this weird territory of, okay, PlayStation 5 games only work with the DualSense because they're going to take advantage of all these unique features that the DualSense has, but also the PlayStation 5 is fully backwards compatible. So I could get a PS4 version of Horizon Horizon Forbidden West and the PS5 version. Put in the PS5 version, my PS4 controller doesn't work. Put in the PS4 version and my PS4 controller does work, both on the same platform, playing, in terms of content, the exact same game. But for some reason, if I have a PS5 disc, they want me to be forced to experience the unique features of the DualSense. It's just kind of coming off as bullshit, which makes me feel sorry for you, Jones. No, I'm trying to think of what... It's just kind of nonsense, and it muddies the waters in an ugly way, especially for people who already, technically speaking, have a 60-quid bet riding on it. But it, it gets even more interesting because, of course, we, we've mentioned the fact before that what happens when a game like Cyberpunk 2077, which is coming to PlayStation 4 first, well, I, I, no, sorry, it is first, um, you'll be able to play that on your PlayStation 4 with your PlayStation 4 controller. You'll be able to play it on your PlayStation 5 with your PlayStation 4 controller. It will then get a PlayStation 5 upgrade, which you would then assume would mean that you need to use your PlayStation 5 controller. So you've then got that game would then work in its old fashion before upgrade with the PS4 controller. After the upgrade, it would only work with the PlayStation 5 controller. And I realised there was another little wrinkle to this, Jamie, which we will get onto, is the PlayStation Plus collection has got some up, sort of up-resed or, or uh, I think, optimized games. Are okay. they, they're optimised, right? I, in I, some I, sense. I haven't yet, Not I, up-resed, but... Um, I don't believe I've seen any wording to suggest they're different. Anyway. Oh, so they're, they're effectively, they will just work, so they're no different. I believe they're just backwards compatible, yeah. Okay, so that so then I've so then that's interesting because they're kind of in a weird space in that they're not. I suppose they are PlayStation Four games, but will then will they work with the PlayStation Four controller? Oh, they've or got they... to. They've got to. <laughs> we, that would be. Can you? That will be are you willing to? Ba- Sony. Are you willing to say that now, knowing how weird this is getting? Yeah, I'm willing to say that much. Okay, all right. That's, well, to me, that seems mad if they didn't. But well, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, to honest, at this point, I would throw it to Steph and say, "Who do you think wins?" But I'm not even going to force him to do that because that, at some point, would be just as unfair on him as it is us having to decide what we're going to do. I think I'm during pro- during that debate, it got to about 15, 20 minutes in, and you were still going, and it was quite entertaining watching Chris just sitting there doing nothing. It was like half an hour long, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was at least that, maybe longer. And Chris just sat there, said not one word throughout the whole thing. Hey. <laughs> it was so good. That's good. That's, go. that's good being a good host. He knew when to step back and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let the let him fight. Go. content. Yeah, did it for the content. He didn't. Did yeah. yeah. Sorry, did you pre-order any games, Jamie? Did um, with your PlayStation? I did. 4 I did not because no. uh, while I did buy the disc version of the PlayStation Five, I was Ooh, still. You went pre- full hog. I went full hog. Do you know what? Me even, too. even though you were. You've got a lot of digital games on your PS4. I have, if you include like things like PlayStation Plus games, I have probably, I think I've got over 200 digital titles on my PlayStation 4. So what made oh. you want to go for a disc? Because I've got about 100 physical copies oh, of PlayStation 4 games that are still back to compatibility. And to use the age-old example of that I give every year, what do I do every Christmas? When I go to my mum's house and, you know... She buys you a game. Uh, what, what, she buys you a physical what, copy. What do I get Father Christmas do every year? 
I look at all the games that I didn't like enough to buy for myself, <laughs> and I get my mum to buy them for me. And usually they're like complete yeah. rubbish. There's one year where I came back. I think I told you I took a picture. I came back with like the Spyro Collection, Dark Siders Three, and Don Bradman Cricket. I was like, "Yep, thanks, mum." <laughs> that's that's for like, me, it's COD. It's for COD every year. Yeah. Every year, my mum and dad go, "What do you want for Christmas?" I just get me COD. I'm not going to buy it myself. I, 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 it depends how much I'm into. Them. This year, for example, I won't wait till Christmas for COD because I'm, I'm into COD at the moment. But right. you know, like Ghosts era. I think Ghosts I uh, got for Christmas, World War Two I got for Christmas. So I always vary, basically, depending on how hyped I actually am for them. But um, I can maybe see myself buying a disc copy of Spider-Man, just so I don't have to set my PS5 up and then let an eight-hour download go. Because obviously there's no yeah. way of doing anything like that. But so many so other I, things I, will be digital as well. well see, no, I, I pre-ordered the disc copy I suppose- of it. Oh, sorry, I completely interrupted you. Then no, no, I was just saying, I was just saying, like I, I, I bought a disc copy of, I pre-ordered a disc copy of Spider Man, so just so that I've got a physical thing to play, like day one. Yeah, see, I, I was gonna go off the back of that and say because I think it's because I'm coming from PC. If I was to buy a PlayStation, getting a digital PlayStation would not bother me at all. It wouldn't be okay. I suppose because totally. if I build a new PC, I'm gonna have to download my Steam library. Yeah, right. so it's it's. I see that as exactly the same thing. If I bought a PlayStation, I'm going to have to do some element of downloading. So save uh, yeah. the extra. Right. What was it? 140 pounds between the two, between actually, the disc well, list and. Def- that's actually a perfect segue because one of the things we haven't actually mentioned and uh, and told you guys for those of you who hadn't seen this yet is the prices themselves. So quickly, just to recap them, the regular PlayStation Five, i.e., the one with the disc drive, is going to be. in the US, which for anyone wondering is the exact same as the Xbox Series X. Over here in the UK, it is £449.99p. So that's £50. Well, okay, that's £50, $50, whatever you want to call it, off. Which is nice because sometimes we get completely shafted with these exchange rates and they don't exchange them at all. They just give us the same fucking number. Especially in the mobile industry. So Especially. watch that when you get your new phones. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's, it's shocking, man. It's shocking. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I think has pleasantly surprised a lot of people, especially you, Jones, is you were actually doing a bit of uh, hardcore maths earlier and looking back on older console prices adjusted for inflation. And that's, as Steph was mentioning, the digital version of the PlayStation 5 console is three nine nine ninety nine in US dollars, which comes to three five nine ninety nine or three hundred and sixty pounds, let's call it, here in the UK, which I think for all intents and purposes is a fairly reasonably priced console for like a new gen, you know, day one price. Yeah, I can I see that I, being I, appeal uh, appealing. I don't know. I won't bore people with the numbers, but if you sort of compare inflation-adjusted prices for um, console releases in the past, I mean, these are actually some of the cheapest consoles that have come out for like you know a few generations. Yeah. Um, they've also, I think, we've said before, they've given a really good range of uh, like accessibility options, especially with the the Xbox, obviously Series S, and then you and the digital version of the PlayStation. You're actually getting a lot a lot of bang for your buck um it seems like a lot because it seems like 500 quid is a lot of money for a console but like you know seven eight years ago you were you were paying almost that much um and when you do an inflation adjusted amount it's it's a lot more so it's 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 no it's um not bad at all by any stretch and i suppose steph a lot of people from what we can tell so far are kind of echoing what your thoughts were just then which is that actually even if there is an adjustment that people have to make to the way they buy games and the way they get given games as gifts and so on and so forth, that price discount of almost £100, you know, £90 here in the UK, 
is enough to make that cool and to go digital. Yeah, that's almost that's almost two brand new games on top of that for the same prices, same price as the the full whack. Oh, sorry, the disc version of the PS Five. Yeah, wow, wow. When they're seventy quid a pop, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's if, about one well, it's one game and a sliver. But you know, yeah, you know. If, if game retail prices are going to be yeah. matching the American seventy dollars over here, which chances well, are there's a chance it could happen. Seventy yeah. quid well, for a game. I remember going into PC World with my dad as a kid and just buying twenty pound PC games because that's how much they cost. Seventy quid. But see, see, this is gets weird, and again, like, no, I don't want to bore people with numbers, but I've been looking into it a bit recently about like game prices and production costs and, and inflation, etc., etc., etc. And actually, games sh- um, have never been cheaper. Uh, games hitting seventy quid, they actually got to about seventy pounds, seventy dollars. Um, in the in like the eighties or something, and if you're doing some in, some adjusting for you know inflation, then the, the equivalent for today is like over a hundred quid for a game, yeah. which had nowhere near the production cost. Where you know the install base was still pretty high, still talking millions of copies sold per game, um, and so ga- games are weirdly cheap. And people don't think they are, but they are. I mean, just you can find the information online, like go and look up some data about it, and you will be blown away by the fact that game prices haven't actually increased, despite the fact that the lengths of the games are bigger, the cost of production have exponentially increased. Um, it's 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 really interesting. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm not going to bore anybody with it. Well, but one, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, because I found this super interesting, um, is the $399, right, for the PlayStation Digital seems like a very attractive option even when you wear it against the xbox series s coming in at 299 because that is not a million miles away and technically i would say the series s is like a half generational leap it's not a full generational leap um so where are you there do you think playstation have been very clever here i've i've got a theory on the xbox series s go for it and i i think that their core audience is audiences is going to be pc gamers that already have their PC rigs that want something small for their living rooms. Right. Okay, interesting. Because if you're on PC, you're going to have Games Pass anyway. You're not going to want to spend 500 quid. Like I've said, I don't want to spend 500 pound on a console because I've already got a big gaming rig here. But 250 quid, that's not a bad price to stick something in your living room for when your mates come around. So it's almost so it's almost a bit of kit that you use in order to play it on your 4K TV in your living room without having to mess around with cables and blah 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 and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think again it's it's priced for the people that are buying PlayStations that could also now potentially maybe if not straight away but soonish after buying your PlayStation get yeah. an Xbox as well to experience both worlds. I think but would you Sorry, Jamie, go on. No, you go for it, mate. I was, I was just going to ask him from what Steph was saying, but would you, do you not think PlayStation have been pretty shrewd, though, in the price point for the digital, digital version of the PlayStation 5 now kind of makes people double take on that as being a relatively straightforward decision? Because you could, you could go and get a PlayStation 5, which is 4K, one terabyte SSD. Um, it's got kick-ass graphics. It's not as powerful as the, as the full uh, Series X, but it's... it's um, it's definitely a next gen machine, whereas you've still got the issue that the Series S is a it's a lot lower down the power scale when it comes to graphics. Uh, it's got half the size um, SSD, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you think that that would influence people? I I think it depends who you are. As if if you're a parent going into a game shop and you see two hundred and fifty pounds for a next gen console, bearing in mind a parent may not know the ins and outs of specs, 
but they want to get their kids a next gen console for Christmas. Right. Two hundred and fifty pound looks a lot more attractive than three six nine three five nine. Sorry. Um, yeah. Or even five hundred pound for a top whack, but for someone like us who are a little bit more tech savvy, who are into gaming, I don't think if you're going to be buying a brand new console, unless you're a PC gamer, a five um, a two hundred and fifty pound console will cut it. I think you'd still go for the top whack. I don't think you'd go for the cheaper one. It's interesting you say it because, of course, that, when you talk about the the younger guys as well, sort of like early teens who are definitely going to be looking for a, a next system, I, I want to say that they're going to be less concerned with, is it 4K? Has yeah. it got a terrible SSD? Does it have... The, like, they're just going to be like, I just want a kick-ass system. Yeah. I just want to play Fortnite next gen. <laughs> with ray tracing. <laughs> with, yeah. Fortnite ray tracing next gen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I think yeah. they want. And I, I, I also think, like, Chris and I talked about this last week, and it's kind of an extension of what Steph was saying is about people perhaps buying a Series S as an accompaniment to a powerful PC. I really just think the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S were less about drawing in people in their own right, especially people who were already thinking about or committed to the place in charge of the argument, and more about we're creating an ecosystem, we're selling services, we're trying to get people on the hook for that stuff. All we need is consoles that try and tick boxes for those people if they look towards that market. I don't know how many people there are that wanted a Series S and now look at the PlayStation 5 and say, oh, I'll grab that instead. Because I think if you wanted a Series S, you wanted it for a very specific reason. And that reason doesn't include things like the power of the PS5, mm-hmm. you know, exclusives like Spider-Man. That reason was you know, one of the examples that Steph gave. You wanted to stay a part of the Xbox ecosystem. You wanted a Game Pass machine. You wanted something in your living room, blah, 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 blah. I think that we talked a lot about in the past, especially back in the ATG days when we used to speculate on this stuff a lot more because we knew a lot less about it. We talked about the pendulum swinging and the idea that the pendulum often swings uh, in between generations from one manufacturer to another because people fuck up. Sony fucked up on the pi- price of the PS3. Microsoft fucked up on the messaging of the Xbox One. The big difference here is that arguably no one's fucked up. And one of the reasons no one's really fucked up is because never before in any real sort of period in history, you could argue, have Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony been stepping on each other's toes less. They've all found ways to coexist and they've all found ways to market and manufacture consoles that exist for different reasons and for different consumers. And I just I wonder if that's why like, there's not. I know there was a game of chicken around price, ironically, but I don't know how much they actually care about each other anymore. I think Sony See, cares a little bit, like because they they want to they want to remain top dog. But for Microsoft, it's like, hey, it's all good, baby. Like nothing could be worse than where we were seven years ago. Right. I was going to say that like, because I I uh, I kind of think Microsoft fucked up a little bit. <laughs> um, the only reason being, I think the Xbox Series S is a very attractive proposition for a lot of reasons um i thought we've, we've said a few now and it's much much cheaper than the series x so i could i could see a situation whereby um microsoft's audience opt for the series s when if there was no series s available they would have gone for the series x i think the issue they might have now is that the series x kind of undersells a little bit um which then uh we we chatted about it a little bit in um in our whatsapp group in that what they might end up doing is is splitting their messaging, which has always been, we've got the most powerful console, in that they end up skewing more for their the Xbox people um, 
mostly own the less powerful console, which is the Series S. Well, um, I, if you look at graphic, if you look at graphics and stuff, I, not I, so much the, I don't the think CPU. it's fair to summarize their message as we've got the most powerful console. I think the messaging is simultaneously a we've got the most powerful console, and b we're making games that everyone can play. I think they've yeah, done they, both those messages at the same time. Personally, whether they, or not they, those messages are actually compatible is a completely different issue. Because then you start they, to get into the weird thing of like, oh, are games being held back? They're doing, yeah, they're doing a weird thing. And I, I almost, I think we've said it a few times now that it seems like Microsoft might lose this battle. But overall, I think they are winning the war in the sense of, you know, creating the environment in Game Pass and you can play games on anything. And I would be interested to see by the end of the generation if it's, if it's that PlayStation have kind of, they do better at the, at the beginning. And then by the end of the generation, they're struggling because the, the environment is better for Microsoft because you can play games in yeah. more ways. You, you're not as stifled by, you know, you must have the PlayStation 5 system in order to play these games. Yeah. Which, like, is, which is. Hey, like, uh, here's an interesting thing. Yeah, we talked about the Apple event earlier, right? now, and, and how it didn't have the iPhone. But one of the takeaways of the Apple event were okay, new iPad, new iWatch, all the hardware you'd expect to see. But one of the things they announced was that. Apple are trying to, and Steph, you might be able to explain this better than I can, but I'll try my best. They're kind of consolidating all their services. So things that people could pay money for, Apple Arcade, their gaming service, Apple Music, their music streaming service, Apple TV, you know, their TV streaming service. They're now creating, you know, a big package that brings all that stuff. And I think a few other bits and pieces together. Yeah, the because, Apple One. Apple there you one, go. I think Apple it was, One, yeah. yeah, that's the name of it. Because, yeah. hey... Now every company on fucking planet Earth is realizing services are where the money is at. Get yeah. people to give you your credit card details and take money out of their account every fucking month. Yeah. Sony, as we will get to in a little bit, because we still haven't got into the meat of this showcase, believe it or not. Um, Sony are currently trying to think of ways to do that or to make that more appealing. But you've got to admit that between Game Pass and things like Game Pass Ultimate across PC and console, the uh, X Cloud and everything like that. Microsoft are doing a better job of that at the moment. And if, you know, the, the apples of the world are waking up to the fact that services are where the money's at, mm-hmm. then who knows? That could be a big win for, for Microsoft in the long run and perhaps a loss for Sony in the long run. But, but on the flip side, we're talking about potentially six or seven years in the future before we know for sure how that fanned out. And hey, this is the last console generation anyway, so. Oh, according to Jonesy, it is. Ooh. Is um, it? There's just gonna be one super console, cloud. Everyone, oh, all in, all oh in yeah, the cloud. cloud. Actually, yeah, I agree with that. Next generation is oh! just cloud-based. Gaming. Next generation. Me and Jamie have had this argument for <laughs> ten years. I keep saying yeah. in five years' time, and then after five years, I'm like, in five years' time, it's the yeah. end. Because yeah, the, the I, issue I agree with you, Jamesy, have is that I don't think any of us disagree that there's going to be some future of gaming that no, no matter how far into the future you look, at some point we have to get away from where we're at now. You can't look at what's happened to music and to movies and to TV and to fucking books. You can't look at to what's happened to every other fucking piece of media in the world and think that video games are exempt because no matter how yeah. big they are and how taxing they are, that shit will over time become trivial because that's the way technology works. Question is when. 5, 5G, baby. 5G, right, exactly. But the question right, is when. Anyway. Right. 10 years. Um, <laughs> ten, ten, hey, maybe 10 years. Maybe 10 yeah. years. I'll give you um, 10. I was watching an interview with uh, Mark Zuckerberg the other day, and he was talking about where he wants AR and VR to be in 10 years as well, because obviously Facebook are all in on Oculus at the moment now that they, they own it and are running that shit. So. Yeah, well, the Quest, saw, okay. the Quest 2's on this way, isn't it? Quest 2's on this way. And it's I might, totally affordable. I might, buy, I might buy a Quest 2, because the first Quest, I was like, shit, 
you know what I want to do? I want to buy a Quest 2 and I take it to my like, mum's house and say, mum, this is what VR looks like. And I want to film her falling over and having a heart attack and dying. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, something that I, I saw really recently that I was sort of blown away with was um, with the whole COVID thing and, and the issue with uh, people going into care homes. They were talking about the fact that in some care homes they have robotic assistants who sit down and chat to the old people. And they were asking this old guy about how he feels about having an AR friend. And he loves sitting down and chatting to it. And I was like, it's Robot and Frank. <laughs> like, it's that movie. I've, you know, that's Which, a movie I've never seen, but I've seen a poster for it about 50 million times at various like streaming sites and whatnot. So I know exactly what it's about. It's a cool movie. It's a cool movie. It's a nice, calm, little, nice movie. Let's just hope they don't get AR podcasters in the future because, lads, uh, I mean, <laughs> things, are already, things are already pretty ropey and we kind of need to... <laughs> We need to make sure we don't become irrelevant. As we've already had discussions as editors whether or not we're going to be wiped out in the future. Hopefully, and there's some debate. Over <laughs> we that. will be. Anyway, um, I'm doing right. Let's let's set this up. Let's set this up because we're going to get into the meat of the games, Jamie. And I already said to you, and, and you did not agree. And I get the feeling Steph is going to agree with you. That I, I think he's going to agree with you. Oh, okay. I found now you put me on the spot, about, guys. We'll find out. Um, the game releases, the things that we were actually shown coming out of the PlayStation 5, I kind of found it a little bit like, oh, I've seen all this stuff before, except for a couple of noteworthy mentions. You, on the other hand, were hyped. You thought this was a great showcase for PlayStation. Yeah. To give Steph an idea of where I, my mind was at, I saw this as like Xbox's stuff leaked. They had to tweet it out really quickly. Sony really together, cobble, really quickly throw out a, shoot, a showcase at less than a week's notice. It was 40 minutes long. Obviously, there would be some software. I didn't think they had the caliber of things in their back pocket that they actually ended up having. That was my thoughts. And that's why I got very excited at the time. I agree I think- with Jamie from what you okay. two have just said now. I think, cool. I think I thought you would. Sony, yes, probably did rush around trying to cobble together a show, but from some of the announcements, I thought, yeah, actually, that's there was enough there to get people hyped. I mean, it was it was a cool show. It was a, it was a good show with a lot of big games um, and yeah. some cool stuff but, shown. Yeah, sure. but put it this way: in response to what Xbox did in a tweet, Sony announced the same shit <laughs> and also straight up announced, like debut revealed, what could end up being three of the biggest games of the next five years. Depending yeah. on to be the, fair, to be fair, there. they won it. They won it with one ten second bit of vo and a logo for, for <laughs> i think for any any playstation person so um yeah right so um now that we've uh we've hinted at exactly what happened let's get <laughs> into the reveals themselves and you know we won't spend too long on any games we don't need to spend too long on bit because we have holes in their knowledge in our knowledge about them or because they're fucking five nights at freddy's but um <laughs> the show started with a debut that people expected to happen at some point in time but i don't know how many people thought would happen at this stage in the game, and that was Final Fantasy 16, uh, the latest entry in the obviously very long-running JRPG series. Another numbered entry, full-on sequel to, well, I presume a full-on sequel to 15, even though, again, looking at that cinematic trailer, I think a lot of people are taking away from it that it seemed a little bit more medieval fantasy-inspired. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, some other Final Fantasy things have almost dwelled more in the sci-fi realm, if you want to call yeah. it that. They've always blurred the lines, but this seemed more explicitly like dragons and magic and swords. Yeah, you if know. you did... Well, I tried to play 15. Squee, uh, Square Enix that made Final Fantasy or you hadn't read up and you saw it for the first time, I'd I'd be hard-pressed to call that a Final Fantasy game. No, I would agree, yeah. Knowing what I know from previous versions. 
See, I, I tried to play 15 and, and it was one of the first Final Fantasy games I'd ever tried to play. And I was like, this is weird. And you're, it's a you know, <laughs> modern day and you're in, you, you're in a f- fancy car and you drive into a garage and all this, whatever. I didn't play very much of it. And I saw this trailer and I had no idea it was a sequel. <laughs> I was like, okay. I think I, I recognised it fairly early on just because of the Square Enix and some of the, the words they were using and yeah. you know the, the crystals and what have you. Lots of Final <laughs> Fantasy-esque stuff. But like, for example... Do you remember there was a game that was announced during the um, the last Sony thing that was called Project Athia or Project Athia? Yeah. There was right. another Square Enix property where someone was like free running across some rocks and they showed bits and pieces of it. This was a game that could very easily be confused with that, you know, at first glance for relative outsiders. Like yeah, us. During, during our stream yesterday, it was brought up, the, the, the Project Arius or whatever it was called, yeah. that there were rumours then sprouting around online that that was the next Final Fantasy game just hadn't been titled yet. Right. But uh, but it turns out it probably wasn't. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, but yeah. credit where it's due, this is a big deal for some people. One person yeah. in the Discord, who I'm not going to name in case he doesn't want to be named, uh, announced that they actually were brought to tears by this announcement, which gives you a reminder of wow. just, just the, the nature passion. of the... the yeah, the, all the calibre of this series for yeah. some people. And obviously, you know, over the years, your sixes and sevens and your tens and your ten twos have obviously been important to people at various times so i can guess who that was immediately that was chris wasn't it <laughs> it was chris and it wasn't it on discord was. he actually left me a voicemail <laughs> and he was sobbing a video a video, a video yeah. voicemail and weirdly enough you could actually hear his wife in the background go what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> fucking grow up you and he was like i can't, I can't help you today jamie and then he was weird like there's a bit where he kind of pulls the phone away and he wipes up the tears with some pita bread i'm not sure what that was about but it must be a greek thing i don't know anyway I wish we could talk more about Final Fantasy, but something we're perhaps a little bit better equipped to discuss one is Spider-Man. Thing before oh, sorry, yeah, Steph, take yeah, the floor. I made one note during the Final Fantasy, and it made me chuckle when it said, the following content is captured on PC, emulating the PS5 experience. Yeah. I thought that was... What does that even mean? That probably I, means that they're playing it on a, or they're playing this video on a PC and not I, I, on a PS5 at all. I, I, th- I, think that, I think that means that this game is in, in really early development, and it's yeah. like how yeah. are we meant to know what this game's going to look like on a PS5? Can, this, can I be more cynical? I reckon it means they're playing on a really high end PC and they've just turned the settings down slightly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that's kind of what it's going to be like, right? That's how, the, that's how console gaming works, baby. Just yeah. turn the setting down. Tweak can, it. Playing, we're just playing PC games, 1080, 30, medium settings. That's our life, Josie. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anyway, and yes, as, as Steph mentioned there, he uh, he's a, he's so passionate about podcasting and was so excited to come on. He took notes the whole thing because apparently i accidentally scared him into thinking he needed them <laughs> made me nervous he said i was going to get a grilling before coming on hey i might still Mine, grill I've, I've stopped shaking a little bit now so uh, <laughs> i'm doing okay horrible as well because you, you you're you're filming now so you probably feel as though you can't vape to ease the jitters so you've done well to kind of bring your <laughs> yeah. trembling under control absolutely good I'm on just, you just breathing breathing anyway. very deep breaths no, do that right into the mic. People love that shit. Give us one good deep huff right into the mic. An right ASMR. Yes. Oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> For anyone not watching the there video version, Steph just um, pulled out a small mirror and did a line of coke off it. Not sure what that was all about. Take no over ASMR. Yeah. If any uh, of Steph's employers are listening, then they might want to access to that footage. Just let them know. <laughs> It'll be uh, on the anyway. Super Show YouTube channel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, if they're watching, then. Welcome, subscribe. Get on them, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Water barrier. Exactly. 
So next up was Spider-Man, Mars Morales, which obviously is a game we knew about that was announced during the last PlayStation Showcase. However, this time we saw some gameplay. Mm-hmm. Which Can we, we just it- talk about how bad the name is of this game? Spider-Man, Mars Morales. What don't you like about no, it, Jonesy? Mar- Marvel's Spider-Man, Mars Morales is a Marvel Spider-Man, name. Mars Morales. Well... I don't. I just, they kept. They said it a couple of times, and I was like, I don't like that. It is but one of those anyway. things that's a bit of a tongue twister. But when we live in an era of Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning and <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which it's so that, dumb. Does that game have two colons, one colon, no colons? I've they seen need it different to, places. Different names ways. for games have just lost the plot. Yeah. They need to the sort name it out. game. Jonesy, we're going to do a new section of the podcast that I've just created on the spot. It's called The Name Game. It's where Jonesy gets an opportunity to rename games with bad names. First up, <laughs> it's Marvel Spider-Man Mars Morales, which will now hereby be known as... Mars Morales. Mars Morales. The oh, Name yeah. Game. So they, they drop Marvel and Spider-Man. Yes. Mars Morales. Okay. Saw it. So going back to the showcase, up next was Miles Morales. The, uh, <laughs> no, I don't like it. Now. It doesn't work. <laughs> Jonesy, you've botched the name game. Oh, I've ruined it. That was the pilot episode of the name game, and you've ruined Spider-Man it. Spider-Man 1.5, colon, okay. Miles Morales. Spider-Man <laughs> 1.5, and that's the word colon, I'm guessing, not an actual colon. No, it's an actual colon. <laughs> oh, it's, so it's just an, an image of a man's colon put on the a box woman's. art. Oh, a woman's, woman's. colon. Oh, you yeah. know, equal yeah. opportunity colons. I'm all about yeah. that kind of shit. Anyway, let's actually talk about this fucking thing. So we did see some gameplay. One of the things I thought was interesting was in the early stages of that demo, before we got into the combat, you see a little bit of Miles incognito in his civvies walking the streets, which essentially was an opportunity for Sony to show off some of the ray tracing that they've got going on in the PS5 version of this game. Anyone who wants to check it out, go and look at the reflections in some of the sort of snowy puddles in that sequence. I thought that looked really nice, and it only started (laughs) to look nicer once you got into a full-on combat sequence on the bridge against a potentially main antagonist, or at least a new antagonist called the Tinkerer. Um, great name. Apparently some kind of crazy Tinkerer. engineer who builds a load of stuff that um, has actually been in the spite of the recent Spider-Man movies, and I didn't even notice him. Um, but yeah, I thought that game looked really nice, really pretty, really bright, lots of particle effects, lots of lighting. It looked like Sony went to Insomniac and were like, make more Spider-Man but kind of try and put emphasis on the stuff that makes the PS5 look good, please. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Some some boss in a boardroom said, just cover every single enemy in neon lights and yeah. make those neon lights explode every time Spider-Man hits them, just so we yeah. can show off some particle effects. And that's all I thought. <laughs> Electricity and But it looked good though, didn't blue. it? it? Yeah, it looked very, very good. I must admit it did look great. But- it did look good. The only thing I find odd with this generation is... Every time we get a new generation, the graphical improvements obviously decrease slightly in the jump because you get you know slightly less far to go, I suppose, and you can quadruple the power and you don't get quadruple the graphics. So it didn't look, it didn't blow me away. But I think when you play that game, it will blow you away with how smooth it is, how good it looks, how everything flows. I think, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's looking to be a cracking uh, entry title. Exactly, and it is in fact as we all suspected, despite the fact that at the time of the trailer being shown, it said holiday 2020 Spider-Man Mars Morales is in fact a launch title for the PS5 alongside get this Jonesy, your second favorite video game name of all time. Spy- Marvel Spider-Man Mars Morales <laughs> ultimate edition, which is a slightly <laughs> more advert. So Mars Morales on its own is not a full price game. The ultimate edition is a full price game and it comes with a remastered version of Marvel Spider-Man for PS4 which apparently is not just as simple as like an up-res 
Apparently, they've done lots of stuff. A lot of the improvements they've made for Miles Morales have been reinserted into Spider-Man, like lots of the lighting effects and ray tracing, and even like mm. redone models, like Peter Parker's new model from Miles Morales has been put back in that game. And it seems like they they're really trying to make a you know a nice package out of that, which would be good for either anyone who wants to replay it or didn't play it the first time. Um, up next was another. Did you have something there, Jones? I was going just... to say, do you reckon you'll be able to swing faster? Well, that's one thing, thing right? they kept saying about swinging. Yeah. We were stopped by the speed of the hard drive. So, and one thing I think we're going to assume in Miles Morales is you'll be able to swing faster. So, do you reckon you'll be able to swing faster in the updated I'm, version? I'm going to go ahead and say I might be wrong that I don't think the swinging will be noticeably fa- faster. I think that that was more an il- illustration of what they're capable of, and instead it's going to be used to do things like increased draw distance, increased pedestrian volume, increased traffic volume. Um, street and, lights and, and, and ray tracing yeah. on the street lights. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that would look absolutely amazing, yeah. wouldn't and it? And also, play that I, game. Th- I want to say they've confirmed that there are going to be frame rate modes for both Mars Morales and the remastered Spider Man, which will target quote unquote target sixty frames a second. So if they're making those pushes, I can see why they might say, you know, hey, keeping it at thirty frames a second and letting Spider Man swing faster is actually kind of pointless. Right. Do you know what I, I mean? like the idea that they're targeting 60 frames a second. It's like, this game runs at a constant 30, but we were targeting 60. <laughs> that's, the, that's the weird terminology around all this shit. We'd love it to be PS5 day one. Yeah, of course we can at 60 frames a second. But as Steph laughs upon his tower, his throne of PC <laughs> Master Race, um, we are still targeting 60. That's, that's unbelievable in this day and age. That's I know. mental. But um, up next, something else that was perhaps slightly less unbelievable at this stage, um, largely because it was leaked many, many moons ago and it has been rumoured ever since to be returning to the limelight. We finally got our eyes on the much-anticipated Harry Potter RPG, which we now know is called Hogwarts Legacy, which is going to be set in the late 1800s, which means it's not really tied into Harry Potter or any of that stuff. More ties into the world, to Hogwarts, to the... Fantastic Beasts, as they're known. And I've got to say, I think that game looked really pretty. As someone who's not a Harry Potter guy, you know, there's something to that. I I think, and it might be a bit controversial, but I think this game trailer won. Oh, yeah? Won the event. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I I thought it looked, as you said, Jamie, really pretty. I remember, actually, fun fact, this is how long that I've been waiting for this game to be revealed, is I found on Reddit, some person went to one of those closed alpha screenings through Warner Brothers and they released some really janky footage from their mobile phone. And we shared it at ATG and we actually yep. got like a got notification trouble, saying, yeah, from oh, Warner wow. Brothers, they get rid of this. <laughs> You're not allowed to have this. I'm a periphery um, Hogwarts fan. Mm. Um and I thought it looked really nice, and I, it's something that I'm actually looking forward to. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. If it if it plays half as well as uh, half as good as it looks, then yeah. I think it'll be uh, a really cool RPG. And I think it's it's a great bit of fan service um, anyway. And I think if it plays well, it'll be yeah, be really cool, really fun thing. And also, it'll be a great game to get on your um, on a next gen console because it's really going to sort of show off. Hopefully, show off um, a lot of the capabilities. If you you've got to think about things like the. Um, you know we've already talked about so like the ssd and the ability to load stuff in and magic and all this sort of stuff i mean you've yeah. got to think that's going to look very pretty 
Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think it can go in one of one of two directions as well. And a couple of notes I've made is whether the combat is going to be more action packed, like Skyrim, or it's going to match something like the Elder Scrolls Online, where it's more of a traditional click, select your skills to fire off RPG, or an RPG where you're physically equipping skills on the fly and firing them off. I, mm. do, I don't know if you got this. I kind of thought it looked a little Witcher. I don't know why I got okay. that feel from it, but some of the some of the movements and some of the enemies stuff, I, I kind of got that impression a little bit. Yeah, that's, that, a, that's that a good shot, actually. That, that wouldn't dodge. be a bad direction to go because the Witcher did already have you know spells that you cast, so to speak. I wonder if they'll go in the direction previous Harry Potter stuff have, have gone and try and get in some element of moving the wand and like almost having to paint out spells. Oh, don't even, don't even um, joke. What are you doing? I can't remember <laughs> which publication it was, but someone had an interview with one of the people close to the game and they said that there is dual sense capabilities available. So I'm wondering if you're sitting here going like this, Wingardium Leviosa and just whipping your controller around the room. Uh, <laughs> you know, Steph, okay. Steph has nailed it. Steph has nailed it. There's oh, a, isn't there a microphone in the controller? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there is. Wingardium Leviosa. And if you say it wrong, <laughs> Hermione's voice comes yeah. out of the thing and it's Leviosa, well, not Leviosa. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Do you know what does worry me a little bit about this? And you should never judge you know, developers by their previous works because they're always going to be hamstrung by the properties they're forced to work with. But look up the two studios that are attached to this. One of them, I think, is called, like, Portkey Studios, and the other yeah. one's called Avalanche yeah. Software. The Portkey one, they're, a, they're basically Warner Brothers' Harry Potter team. Their only two previous ones were the failed Harry Potter AR thing that was meant to be like Pokemon Go and no one played it, and some random Harry Potter app that was apparently riddled with microtransactions and was horrible. Avalanche Software are the people that used to make Disney Infinity the Disney Toys to Life game, and the last game they released was Cars 3, the racing game, in 2017. So oh. those are the two teams <laughs> coming together for your big open-world Harry Potter RPG, folks. Okay. Now, again... I'm less excited now. now. Again, Avalanche Software did used to make actual games. Like, they all the way back... Do you remember when Mortal Kombat started making games about individual characters? It was like Mortal Kombat Sub-Zero, and it was like a third-person yeah. action game. They were making like those kind of games. They basically got bought really early on and forced to make Disney shit, which is why they made like the. So right. this could be them, you know, sp spreading their wings or whatever the expression is. But also, I don't know with with Harry Potter. <laughs> that could with be Warner, trash. There's there's all, <laughs> there's all kinds of reasons to be skeptical, but I feel bad that we're kind of giving. The, we, we don't. We shouldn't be putting negative spins on this. This could be. Hey, we're not. You are. We said we were looking forward you to got, it. You guys are a bunch of negative Nancys. I'm here. I'm Mr. <laughs> Harry Potter. I'm the J.K. Rowling stan. I support her every day on Twitter. <laughs> Mate, I've I've been to the Harry Potter. Um, what do you I mean, call actually, it? Like, the Wizarding the World. Harry Potter World. Uh, did you I get, have been there? Did you get yourself a wand? No, I bought my wife a wand. I bet you did. She liked it. I could, I could use a little <laughs> bit of Oculus Repero. <laughs> Oculus Repero. Oh. I could use a bit of that right now. O Oculus. Fix the glasses. Just stay in Oh, I thought, I, thought, I thought Oculus Repero fixed your eyes. I was thinking, yeah, you no. can. Harry Potter, when he first, in the first film, his glasses well, why, are broken. Why wouldn't he tape. just fix his vision? Like, what's... Yeah, just fire his I don't, I don't think that's as easy. I suppose you know, I think not. messing with your eyeballs probably could be a bit dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. Especially for a 10-year-old kid. I always thought that about Voldemort as well. I was like, all right. 
If you're such a fucking good wizard, why don't you fix that face of yours, you ugly prick? It's <laughs> a good point. Walking around without a nose, just fucking zap a nose onto your face, you bloody wizard wanker. All right. Yeah. Anyway, that's coming out in 2021. So yeah. we'll see uh, more of that over the course of, well, I would say over the course of the next year, but you know, like, like with some of these games, there's actually not a lot of time for us to see more of them, assuming they stick to their release dates. One thing that we will see more of very soon, though, because we'll be playing it in a matter of, well, fucking hours at this point, depending on your disposition, is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And uh, Steph, can you give me a little drum roll, please? No, in fact, better yet, Steph, give me a beat. The name game. Episode two. Jonesy, <laughs> the floor is yours. Black Ops Cold War. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, I should say, is now known as... COD 7. The I don't know what number it would be. Eight. Eight. COD 8. <laughs> COD okay, 7. so last night, folks, six, at the PlayStation Showcase, we saw COD 7, I mean 8, I mean 6. <laughs> and by the way, I reckon it's none of those. It's probably fucking 15 by this point. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, Black Ops Cold War. COD, COD, COD Bow. But COD no, Bo but it's... Five. <laughs> but it's Cod Boker. Do you know what? They just need to They need to lose. Do you know what? If they just went Black Bot Ops, War. Cold War, Black Ops hyphen Cold War, that'd be yeah, better. Yeah, everyone well, would know it was a COD game, right? You don't need Cold War. Infinity Ward tried to do that. Do you remember when they were like, no, it's just called Modern Warfare. It's not called Call of Duty anymore. Yeah. It's just yeah. Modern Warfare. And Activision were kind of like, kind of got a series going on here, bud. It, like, it is Call of Duty. We, kinda, <laughs> we still kind of need to sell the ones that the other guys make, as popular as your ones are. <laughs> Kind of still need that name. Anyway, what we got was our first look at gameplay from the campaign following the multiplayer reveal that we saw and talked about last week. And I suppose the main thing that I wrote as a takeaway from this, I don't know how you boys felt, is that despite the fact that some of their pre-release material had been kind of quite serious and lots of, you know, Russia, Cold War, propaganda, Ronald Reagan shit, the gameplay seems to be a little bit zany. We saw sort of Max Payne 3-style you know, bullet zoom things. We saw lots of slow-mo. We saw these really kind of gruesome up-close things where you can take bullet shields, like body shields, for the first time ever. You can grab people and hold them. Um, and when that person was executed, you took the pin out of a grenade and pushed it into them and they blew up. There's another guy who you stab in the side of the head with a knife and then follow with a bullet to the brain, which seemed really impractical. You don't need to kind of kill him twice, so to speak, but... <laughs> That was the main tone I picked up, is that for as much as they were trying to promote this game with like, oh, look at the parallels between the Cold War and today. Who can you really trust? Politics. The gameplay, including classic Luda narrative distance fashion, is like, yeah, it's the Cold War and we're in Vietnam blowing shit up. I'd like to think that you know, if the Cold War was this hot, I don't think it would have been cold very long. Like if there were this many people shoving grenades in faces and stabbing yeah. people in the sides of the head. Yeah. Jonesy, I think you just won the name game. It's Black Ops Hot War. Black Ops Hot War, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys, uh, Steph, I think you, you usually get around to a Call of Duty at some shape or form, right? I know, Jonesy, you definitely do. Is this, I do, yeah. Where's this boy one sitting on your kind of your Call of Duty scale in terms of there's day one, there's uh, when it's reduced price, there's someone else buys it for me for Christmas, there's just the campaign, there's I only want what's, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Or maybe other things, the existence of things like Warzone making this even less appealing than it's ever been. Where are your kind of heads at, Steph, if you were? Yeah, I think with, with a Call of Duty game, it all depends on what my friends are doing or what the people around me are doing. Because inevitably, you buy a Call of Duty 
game for the multiplayer. And I think the way that the people that I regularly play Call of Duty with, we dropped off of the multiplayer element of Modern Warfare for Warzone so heavily that I think jumping into this Call of Duty, playing the multiplayer, you're just going to end up falling off again because it's going to be the same thing, the same kind of game modes, and you're just going to go back to Warzone. Right. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're bang on. I think that's the issue they've now got with the multiplayer. Like, but Is that going to stop you guys buying it, or is it just going to delay you guys buying it, though? Uh, it probably it, won't like you stop said, me Steph, from buying it. on what people do. Yeah, it, it depends. If, if my friends get it, and then we can have a, a blast for a couple of months on, on the multiplayer. But inevitably, I would buy it for the single-player experience anyway, because they generally are very, very good ex- action-packed experiences. Yeah. Even so just I, I buy them for the single player anyway, I must admit. So um It's the be, same thing every year it. where it's like even just for like a five, six hour cinematic campaign, yeah. there's still there aren't many other games that do it like Call of Duty does it, and I like that experience every now and then. I've actually been uh putting the finishing touches on uh, Modern Warfare 2 remastered, which was recently a PlayStation Plus game, and it's like, yeah, credit where it's due. Like they make good campaigns, in my opinion at least. One, one suppose, thing that did oh, stand sorry, out to uh, during this trailer is I didn't think that it looked as shiny or as sharp or clean. And it might be the, P- the, the PS5 thing and being shown off on a PS5, but yeah. it didn't look as shiny or clean as Modern Warfare. I think Modern <sighs> Warfare looks I think, far more cinematic. I think they're going for a different look, but what I will say is how the fuck did Infinity Ward squeeze so much out of that engine for Call of Duty Modern Warfare without a generational leap. Like, Modern Warfare, with all due respect to Black Ops 4, because Call of Duty games have never been ugly outside of the bigger modes like Blackout and Warzone where, obviously, they have to reduce some things to get that many players in the environment. Yeah. Modern Warfare felt like it was from a different fucking planet. Yeah. Their engine (laughs) felt completely reworked, almost to the detriment of this game. I kind of know where you're coming from. It didn't look bad by any means, but... No, I just think... When I say shine, and it's, I find it quite hard to explain, but there was a mission in Call of Duty Modern Warfare where you stealthed into a suspected terrorist's house in London. And even, yes. the, even the main London mission when you're in Piccadilly Circus, yeah. the way that the light was in that game, and of course there's no ray tracing capabilities on the PS4, PC there was, but as you said, they squeezed a decent amount out of that engine to make it look good anyway. But when when you approached or when they approached that runway in Black Ops 5 in that trailer, I don't know, it just all looked very flat as if it could have been that, from the PS4 era. I mean, that's, it's, that's really interesting because personally, I didn't like how shiny Modern Warfare was. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it, it, it sort of, it started to go too far into that almost like toy soldiers kind of thing for me. Right. In that it made everyone look a little bit, I'm trying to think of other games that sort of do it. Maybe um, like Hitman, modern Hitman games kind of do it, where everything looks very polished and you end up with things looking overly shiny and almost weirdly very, very nice when you take a still shot, but they almost look slightly plasticky and it gives me a weird feeling when I'm playing a game. So I Mm -hmm. kind of like the fact that this is maybe pulling it back a little bit. It could be that um, just watching some of those, the gameplay and the cinematics, gives me that impression but when you play it it doesn't actually look that nice because Modern Warfare looked incredible like you're right it did look incredible but playing it it just kind of threw me a little mm-hmm. so I'll be interested to see how this actually plays 
time will tell. We might get a look at it, not the next-gen version, regrettably, but at least the current-gen version sooner rather than later because at the time you guys are listening to this, but also for us as we're recording it, within around 24 hours, the alpha for the multiplayer will become playable to anyone on PlayStation. What? I know, Joan. See, this is a running <laughs> gag. But Jonesy watched this whole thing and just bless him. Jonesy's very tired today. <laughs> It's all right. Gonna, it's, all, it's all right, Jonesy. I'm going to have to reactivate my PlayStation account. Yeah, my, I'm, my I, I'm, account. I'm, I'm going to have I'm to. I'm playing I it. I know. I know. Martin said he'd download it. Jonesy, now that he knows, I it will exists, now download it. That I know it exists because because my <laughs> understanding is that the beta is a pre-order situation, but the yeah. alpha is a PlayStation situation. If that makes yeah. sense. So you this don't even need plus, apparently. Right. So this is kind of like a no-brainer situation to just try out this game. Apparently, there's going to be five maps, five modes. So that is, um, depending on when you guys are at home are listening to this, that is the weekend starting Friday the 18th and probably ending Monday the 21st or Sunday the 20th. So hopefully you haven't missed it if you're interested in checking that out. Next up was another big one, uh, although one that I feel like didn't really develop too much more based on what we already knew about it, and that was Resident Evil Village or RE8, which... I'm tempted to say, despite the fact that they clearly think they're very clever with their titling, is another candidate for the name game. Because what is this game actually called? Everyone <laughs> I they, found they, online called it Resident Evil Village. That's not what it's called, is it? It is called Resident Evil Village. Resident I think. Evil but, then, Village. But, then, but then where does the 8 come in? Why are they making see, such a big faff? Why do they choose the word village for the VIII thing if 8 doesn't even fucking matter? Call it Resident they Evil Snow. Even, they even like, said that it's not. Resident Evil 8, didn't they? They said it's not called Resident Evil 8, it's Resident Evil Village. But then every every trailer they release for it, they do that thing where they yeah. show Village yeah. and then fade into an 8 and you're like... And it's like, they're clearly really doing it. it because they take out 45 seconds for each reveal. It's like, did you know <laughs> that if you spell out the word Village, you can make an 8 out of it? The game's not called Resident Evil 8, but pretty cool. Huh? Can I can I reverse the name game and say we can almost figure, we can try and figure out what the next game's going to be called based on the fact that it's going to have <laughs> to be nine but it's going to be ix so they're going to have to come up with something with ix it's going oh it's going to be called rainbow no sorry excuse it's going to be called resident evil six and then this but it's going to be nine because they'll highlight the ix <laughs> so it'll be called resident <laughs> yeah. evil six but it's nine. wow that's a great shout <laughs> yeah um, i was gonna six, go i was gonna go main enemies in the game <laughs> yeah. i was gonna go resident evil felix and it's about a cat felix <laughs> they've yeah. just got i can't think of anything else i think than i could see them making a good resident evil game about cat for what it's worth, Wikipedia confirms it's called Resident Evil Village, and in their words, the game's logo, the gold colouring highlights the Roman numeral VIII brackets 8 as a subtle means to indicate that this is oh, the eighth main Resident subtle. Evil Village. It's so, very subtle. so subtle they have to fade it out and show it in gold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, surprised they, Every I'm, time. I'm surprised we didn't get some Japanese dude coming out on the green screen going, did you notice? That, there's, there's like RTX on, RTX off. Like, look, huh? it's changing. Changing village, huh? Boys, village. Um, anyway, turns out that still looks like a sequel to Resident Evil 7, and it still looks scary, albeit with some hints as towards that rumoured, slightly more action-oriented tilt with, like, some enemies that look like they wouldn't feel that normal in a game without a somewhat elaborate combat system, like a big dude with a big hammer, for example. Right. Um, which, I guess, like I said, ties in some of those rumours before that it was a more Resident Evil 4-inspired action game that kind of became Resident Evil 8, which is why perhaps some of the characters and settings and their being there don't make much sense on the surface, but still exciting. Resident yeah, Evil 7 it, was very good, so... I think it looks cool. Yeah, I'm definitely um, going to play that one. 
2021. Yeah, that's maybe one for a stream, Steph. You're not you, you, you have, you're not traditionally a jump scare guy, but you get caught off guard sometimes. I do. Get, I get caught off guard if it's if it's uh, if the environment's right. Then yeah, I'll probably jump scare. I, yeah. I jump scared in control actually. Did uh, you? Yeah, one of those things that walk. That, that it's like it's like they're doing a crab, and they walk along, and they got oh. red stomachs, and they blow up. Right. Yeah. One snuck up on me, and it made me jump. <laughs> My my favorite recent one was actually us three uh, played grounded together, where one of the spiders made me properly jump. <laughs> yes, yeah, actually, that was the biggest jump scare I've had recently. <laughs> yeah. All right, Freaky so bloody spiders. Always back to the sho- showcase though, because we can kind of rattle through the next handful because this was where arguably a bit of a lull set in before they came out with the big finish, Deathloop. Mm which we'd already seen gameplay of. We saw more gameplay of, but I guess the big thing to note here was that that game has since been delayed between the first showing of gameplay and the second one. No longer a launch title. It is now Q2 2021 in their words, but of course still a, a you know you know a good get for Sony and for PlayStation, given that that's a Bethesda title. I think that game still looks cool. Wasn't a big uh, dishonored person, but I can get behind what they're what they're doing with that. Uh, by the way, stop me if you guys have anything to to say on any of these. But uh, while we De- Deathloop, so I have a bit of an issue with Deathloop. I just really wanted to quickly touch on that because it looks one, it looks like one of those games that's very cool in concept, um, but actually in its execution. And when you consider the fact of playing that game, um, you know, again and again and again and again and again, which is what the whole point of the game is, I could imagine that everyone's going to fall off of it really goddamn hard. Yeah, um, it's almost it's almost it's like Hitman, like a level of Hitman. Um, but it says, hey, you keep failing, you keep hitting a failed state, so just do it again. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, everyone's moving exactly the same, and you can perfect exactly how you move. I'm like, all right, interesting, interesting. I think I'm going to probably I know play this mean. for an But it um, looks cool. Like, it's a really cool concept. It's a really cool idea. Um, but I, I do think if I played it, I'd fall off it incredibly hard. But think, we'll have to wait and see. I think, it, I think for, for something like that, it, it depends on how that gameplay loop works, right? Because you could play something right. like Hotline Miami again and again and again and again. And okay, the same things could happen each time, but the difficulty curve in that game is so hard. Yeah, If it's but, like that and it poses a big challenge. But the thing is with Hotline Miami is that one, you respawned within, you know, 0.2 of a second of dying, which it, <laughs> I guess could be a feature, but with the SSD of the PS5, you never know that really fucking super quick respawns of like actually a gameplay feature. But also with Hotline Miami, you're like, you never feel like you're more than 30 seconds away from finishing the floor or the stage that you just died on, which is why you want to go again. If this is like dishonored level stages where it's like, this is a 15 minute section that you have to die on to learn and get better at. I think there's an element to what Jonesy's saying that could hold true, which is how many times are people willing to die before they give up. Yeah. We'll see. Especially if you're getting close to a, as you said, a 15 minute level, yeah. you're 14 also, minutes in and you're dying. You're going to think. Yeah. Oh, yeah and also if again. you're being, <laughs> if you're being invaded by potentially player controlled characters whose sole purpose is to kill you while you're doing the loop. Yeah. You know, but it's I want to give them the benefit of the doubt personally. I th- we absolutely should because it could be something which which they've they've really worked out and they've really figured out you know how how the game works and how the um you know other players interacting with it works 
But I, it, it kind of makes me think of the section of Groundhog Day where you have he does the he he goes into Groundhog Day and he any, if anyone hasn't seen Groundhog Day you're insane go and watch Groundhog Day with Bill Murray <laughs> but it's effectively the same idea that he relives the same day again and again and he does the same stuff and he learns exactly how everyone moves but if you if you haven't seen that film he does that like a number of times and then he gets bored and he just starts doing insane crap. Um, and I feel like that's what will happen in this game. You would do the same, you'd start trying to work out the perfect run and then you get bored and you just go mental and then you keep dying and you do crazy stuff all the time and then and then I would worry that you might get bored. I wonder if the delay is kind of linked to the fact they've got yeah. to solve a problem with, with, like Steph said, the gameplay loop in the sense and how how you how you keep people engaged with it. On the flip side though, anyone who's interested, and I, I highly encourage you to do this, something I did the other day and was amazed Go and look at what high level, like super high level Dishonored 2 gameplay looks like. Because that's when you realize that there are some people out there who are willing to, even in the game where it's not about repeating loops, are willing to learn these sort of like routines and positionings and moves to such an amazing degree that we could potentially see this be a game that, after a period of time has passed, is played to like a ridiculous degree and the gameplay just looks out of this world. And regrettably, that just doesn't mean anything to, you know, laymen like us. Yeah, yeah which is why, because I, I just wouldn't play it, but I'm, I might be able to watch someone play it and they're incredible. And it looks yeah. incredible. Like you said, it's more of a cinematic experience as opposed yeah. to anything else. Possibly. Indeed. Anyway, yeah. we've got to move on. And I, I think the next three I will literally just rattle off rather than going into because... But I really wanted to talk about Devil May Cry 5 Jonesy, Special Edition. if you do that on every <laughs> fucking game, not only will this be three hours on, but I will personally shit on you. <laughs> through through your webcam would be impressive oh no fuck social oh, distancing right. what's the social distancing two meters I'll hover above you two meters I'll find a way I'll get a step red bull red bull that'd be quite good actually imagine the splat on the chest from oh, Steph, two, come on from two wow. meters come on <laughs> well, look I know you're this is the first time on your podcast but you gotta learn there's a limit to the extent that we discuss <laughs> scat okay we bring fair up enough. scat we don't go into detail on the scat fair enough Sorry, I'm gonna guys. Shit, I'm gonna Sorry, shit listeners. You as well. <laughs> no, they love it. Well, the, the, another thing the listeners might love, for all I know, I don't care about it that much, but Devil May Cry 5 is coming back with a special edition. Uh, lots of the improvements you'd expect in terms of resolution and frame rate, but apparently seemingly one or the other, never both at the same time, and various other visual improvements. Virgil is now a playable character. That's going to be available digitally at launch, although I think... You'd have to be crazy if you bought that at full price the first time around to buy it at full price the second time around. That feels like a weird, let's take advantage of a potentially small launch window by getting a game on the, on the, in the store day one in case anyone runs out of things to play. Um, we also saw Oddworld Soulstorm, the latest Love in the it. Oddworld series. Steph, you're all over Oddworld, yeah? Yeah, if, if I had a PlayStation, that would be the, a game that I would look forward to playing. I was, a, I was a big original Oddworld fan. Yeah, a lot of people have nostalgia for it. So, I think that's, um, that's that's I played the, the demo the game. a lot. Hey, maybe you can play the demo of this one. Maybe they'll be smart <laughs> and release one. We saw some more gameplay of that, which, of course, we saw gameplay the first time around at the last PS5 showcase. That game is still, you know, it looks like an Odd World game, game going back to their kind of roots, so to speak, after a few mm-hmm. Odd World games in different genres. So some people will be excited for that. Also true of a new game in the Five Nights at Freddy's series called Security Breach. Kind of interesting to see Five Nights at Freddy's with sort of the polish and the flair of what looked like, a you know, what you'd expect from a PS5 game, certainly in that environment. But obviously, you'd expect it to still be a Five Nights at Freddy's game at the end of the day, which means some variation on checking, you know, security cameras and CCTV feeds and 
getting jump scared. Neither of which particularly appealed to me, but no. Massive law online, though. Massive Massive community for the law. People love Five Nights at Freddy's. So some (laughs) people, for some reason, (laughs) when I was on the PlayStation YouTube channel, this is probably not true by the time we're recording. But when I was on the PlayStation channel last night to watch the 4K versions of these trailers, Five Nights at Freddy's was more viewed than a lot of the other trailers that you'd expect to be up there at the time. We'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, that's crazy, insane. Um, Another one that's a bit of a niche game, but um, probably a little bit more. I don't know, uh, uh, certainly for gamers like us, someone that's bound to catch our eye a little bit more, even if it's just as scary as a prospect to jump into, that's Demon's Souls, which is the remake of the classic From Software title that kind of started the whole Souls-like uh, scene, I guess, back in the day on the PS3. That's being remade by Bluepoint from the ground up. They were the guys who did the Shadow of the Colossus remake a handful of years ago. They showed gameplay for the first time, and I think certainly I haven't heard your thoughts yet, Steph, but Jonesy and I agreed that for what they're doing, you know, that was a really solid piece of gameplay. Like, that looks like a really interesting one of looks those. Looks great. Looks yeah. fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought the game looked great and graphically, visually. The biggest disappointment or the biggest thing that didn't sit quite right with me was the way that he was blocking attacks. Right. And that looked very dated. It, it right. would have been nice to have a little bit of movement in his in, in the main character when blocking I interesting wonder if, like as someone who doesn't play those games i must admit that just passed me right by <laughs> yeah. i mean I, wonder, I haven't i haven't the only from software game i've played is uh sekiro right right and i, I wonder if that, that fell was, off that hard but <laughs> i wonder if that's blue point somewhat being pigeonholed in that when you're remaking a game like demon souls that some people are so passionate about you can't change the fundamentals too much yeah they yeah. You're there to kind of do what, ironically, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater just did. Make everything look better, that's a given, but only make the gameplay improvements that people won't notice are there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Don't fundamentally change too much of the game. Or the the ones that people had almost incorrectly absorbed into their memories of those games because of what happened later on. Mm-hmm. Like one of the interesting things about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two is that obviously it's a remake of One and Two, but it incorporates mechanics from Three and Four and even Underground without saying anything, kind of because that's what people's memories of Tony Hawk's is, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. And I wonder if they're going to do a bit they of that. They don't think back to the PS One and PS Two days. No, to the crappy think, they controllers. Don't think, <laughs> they don't think back towards. They don't think back before like reverts when you had to land and go straight into a manual because there was no revert yeah. because that was a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three thing. But obviously, people needed that for combos. Wanted that. For I don't know. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some elements of the field that were more inspired by Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, maybe even Dark Souls Three. That maybe they felt like they could get away with. But talking specifically about your block issue, Steph, maybe that was just something that they couldn't change because yeah. they'd be fucking hounded. Yeah, I think it was. It, it definitely felt like a fan service trailer. For yeah. for me, it looked boring. Every single guy, every single enemy that. He, that the uh, character came up against, blocked once, stabbed. Next one, blocked once, stabbed. But that's it what those games in... are. Yeah, ex- kind of like exactly. That's guilty exactly animations that you learn and you do this really slow roll out the way and then you mistime your attack and it takes yeah. three frames to fucking <laughs> do an attack and you get hit while you're at it and you lose all your health in one hit and you're like, well, fuck. And then yeah. people love it. Yeah, I love this. I need to play more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, this, I definitely this game's so shit that I died. The end for yeah, the trailers. Yeah, uh, for and the, the trailers the boss, for the uh, boss fights and things the, they showed the off, boss that definitely cool. looked good. 
And one thing they're definitely doing, as they did in Shadow of the Colossus, is doing a really, really nice, pretty reimagining, reinterpretation, revitalizing, I guess, of what was some really cool art that didn't look as good as it could at the time because mm-hmm. of hardware restrictions. Right. They're bring, they brought that stuff to life for Shadow of the Colossus, and I think they'll do it again with Demon Souls. We had a little yeah. in-between game up next, which was another reminder that Fortnite running on the Unreal Engine 4 is coming to PS5 at launch <laughs> with ray trace and all the stuff you'd expect. You wonder if there was some kind of contractual obligation as part of that, um, and maybe they thought, you know what, let's sandwich it um, next to, let's put it next to the biggest part of the press conference so it's there, but people forget about it very quickly. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, Fortnite's Fortnite. Biggest game in the world for by some metrics, so... Um, Fair play. Then they moved immediately on to the bit that most of us started watching it for to begin with, which was the price and release date reveals that we've already been over earlier, which meant, lads, there was time for just one more surprise, one little uh, je ne sais quoi, just before the stream came to an end. Jim Ryan teed up the announcement that up until... I put my hands up, I made a mistake. Up until 24, maybe 48 hours before the live stream started, I had no idea was even possible to the point where I actually made a bet with Chris for five pounds <laughs> that it wouldn't be there. But Have you um, paid him yet? No, because I'm doing it in bits, so I'm going to donate ah, to the yeah, stream. Ah, yeah, it's the bits thing, isn't it? So yeah, twitch.tv forward slash hot panic for Chris's Twitch, and when he's next live, I will be donating uh, 500 bits, so go and give him a follow if you want to be there for that when it happens live. But lads, turns out Corey Barlog's profile picture and header image changes and mysterious tweets weren't just for nothing, because we finally had the reveal of what looks to be called God of War Ragnarok, which is the full sequel to the unbelievably good 2018 game, God of War, obviously focusing, as we many of us would have predicted, on Ragnarok, which starts at the end of that game. Suppose the big takeaway that that caught a lot of people off guard, especially considering that this little tease didn't show anything at all, is that they're slating this for 2021, which is really interesting. That to me is one of the, the the oddest things. Is they they just showed a logo. They and they had um, a bit, you know, um, Kratos. Taught, well, I can't remember what he said. What did he say? Like, I don't even know. He said something. He said, he said, he like, said something. It was, it was something about preparing. Like it's like they're referencing up, Ragnarok, yeah. and he's like, get ready or like be like. I would so almost a bit of um, Christopher Judge. Yeah, exactly. Christopher Judge being Kratos, but. If the game's coming out in 2021, then surely they could have shown something. I don't know, but you would have. Not, you would have. I don't, I don't so. think they need to. I really don't think they need to. It, God of War. They didn't is, need to. But it would have been. It's just going to sell units anyway. It would have been awesome yeah. to see something else than just the logo being scratched. But I, I, do, I don't think they needed to. I think that's, that's very now true. Built yeah. enough hype for people to go. Yes, I'm, I'm buying a PlayStation, PlayStation 5 just off the back <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. I, was, I had the biggest, biggest smile on my face during yeah. that reveal because I was just so happy. Like, I think about it now and I kind of tense up. I'm on the verge of like having a sort of a muscle spasm in parts of my body that I don't really want to be too specific about because <laughs> this is like hands down in terms of games that are announced and that we know that are coming out, which is my way of saying for the time being, while there's no Rockstar games on the horizon, this is without question my most anticipated game on planet Earth. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care <laughs> when it actually comes out. The fact that this exists, which we knew it did, but the fact that we now know for sure this is my most anticipated game on planet Earth, and I cannot wait. And I, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. No, I mean, it, it, 
it is going to be incredible. I mean, it's such a good game um, that I'm really excited about the sequel as well. Um, yeah, can't wait to hear more about it. For sure. It, it was it was you guys at ATG and your conversations about God of War, which was one of the reasons why I bought myself a PlayStation so <laughs> late into the generation, just so I could play it and join in and experience God of War. So I'm going to go ahead that and say is a it. game that uh, Chris has said this eventually. Be- Chris has said this before. And I'm usually hesitant on this based on how long has passed since the games came out. But I think God of War is one of the best games of all time. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think God of War okay. 2018, it will be, that pill will get easier to swallow the further removed we get from it. But I think God of War 2018 will be remembered as one of the best games of all time. There you go. It was, it was very good. Very, very cool game. Very enjoyable game. And I don't, we didn't actually touch on it, but we could really quickly mention that you, if you haven't played it yet, Oh um, yeah. They also announced the fact that um coming to PlayStation 5 is the PlayStation Plus collection oh, yeah. um which is a whole roster of PlayStation 4 games that on launch day on the PlayStation 5 you'll be able to download and launch and um God of War is one of them. Yes, as long as you've got the a PS5 games. controller. No no no. no, no. <laughs> well, shouldn't be right. It should be like yeah, yeah it should be be but um <laughs> there was some speculation at the time we were wondering if this was like a Game Pass thing. It now seems with further research that this is more of a extra additional benefit for early adopters of the PlayStation 5 who specifically have PlayStation Plus. Yeah, it will yeah. not be available on PlayStation 4. It is, it's purely PlayStation 5. Do you want me to quickly just list the games that they said? Yeah, go um, for it. Shoot. So, uh, so day one, you should be able to play... Um, God of War, Bloodborne, Monster Hunter World, Final Fantasy 15, Fallout 4, Mortal Kombat 10 or X, Uncharted 4, Ratchet and Clank, Days Gone, Until Dawn, Detroit Become Human, Battlefield 1, Infamous Second Son, Batman Arkham Knight, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Persona 5, and Resident Evil Biohazard. So there you yeah. go. I suppose maybe the interesting thing about that is that could be a little call out to anyone who's sitting around. And I know we said earlier that oh, many of these people. But anyone that's been, you know, sitting around with an Xbox One under their TV for the past seven years who hasn't played game who haven't played games like The Last of Us Remastered or God of War or Detroit or Persona Five and so on and so forth, they, they now look at this and say, Yeah, sure, the launch lineup might be a little bit limited for outright PS5 games, but that's a lot of PS4 games to be able to play for seven pounds a month. And it is a hell of it is a hell of a lot, and if you haven't played them, like yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a great little cherry on the top of deciding to get a PlayStation Five. Yeah, um, and and a, sure. good, and a good cherry on top of what I think, as we kind of said earlier, what in to varying degrees we all agreed was a good showcase for uh, a potentially really exciting platform that's coming out at a good price. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of sort of all positive. I wondered though if there were a few other bits and pieces that kind of came out in the aftermath of the showcase, some of which we've already touched on throughout there. For anyone wondering, the confirmed PS5 launch titles, and this obviously doesn't include backwards-compatible PS4 games or rather like cross-gen and cross-platform titles that will, of course, come eventually like your Call of Duty's and your Assassin's Creed's. We've got Astro's Playroom, which is the built-in sort of Astrobot adventure that takes advantage of the DualSense. Demon's Souls, Destruction All-Stars, which we saw at the last showcase. The two different versions of Marvel Spider-Man, Mars Morales, and Sackboy: A Big Adventure, which was the platform platformer about Sackboy from Little Big Planet. So, not a so cla- fuck all, basically. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, it reminds me of the PS 
three where PS4, excuse me, where if you were going to be that cynical about what was and wasn't a launch title, it was if I'm getting this right, Killzone, Shadowfall, and Knack. Yeah, I think yeah. it's where every game, every everyone owned those games because they're the only things <laughs> yeah. you could get. And I think it, to, to be yeah. fair to them, the big thing this time around is not only have you got the PlayStation Plus collection, but you've also got day one that system is going to work with all the PlayStation Four games you want. And there's a lot of amazing PlayStation Four games just released or just coming out yep. um, that you'll be able to play on your system. And so they're they're in a very sweet spot that they don't have to worry about release yeah. titles quite as much as you yeah. often do. Exactly. And one, in fact, one company, one game that has already tweeted out the fact to remind people that they will be on store shelves on the 19th, which is the day the PlayStation 5 will be available around the world, is, of course, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yes. Jonesy doing podcast that. advertising, which, of course, won't have the patches to fully take advantage of the PS5 or the Xbox Series X on that release date, but it will be fully compatible. So, you know, and and will be supported later down the line. So, Anyone super eager to get their hands on that game that, you know, you could theoretically walk home with a PS5 under one arm and a copy of uh, Cyberpunk 2077 under the other. Mate, if that would got be that, a, a great decision to make. I was going to say, if you've got those two under your arms, you're not walking home, mate. You're skipping. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe where Jonesy lives, but perhaps not where I live. I don't know about you, Steph. You're, where you live, Steph, sometimes I hear horror stories, sometimes I hear nice ones. It feels like it depends what day of the week you get. I could skip up at the massive hill that I live up. I'll be knackered by the time yeah. I get home. I still remember trying to drag home Rock Band 4 from Argos and Argos having an annoyingly see-through bag that also wasn't big enough for my whole guitar. I was like, this is, re- this is really fucking embarrassing. 2015 or whatever it was, I'm dragging home a plastic guitar like some gimp. Anyway, um, did we talk? Did we talk at all briefly about the sort of the bit of a shit show that the pre-order situation was? With we, play, we, we, with, kind um, tu- we kind of touched on it. Um, we said about how there was a little bit of nightmare around, you know, different uh, stores taking different pre-orders at different times. Some people started immediately. Some people started after the fact. There are some regions where the, where it seemed to be different as well, depending on where in the world you lived. But th- I feel like we kind of touched on that earlier, right? When we were saying, how- I think we did. No, you're right. We did. We did. I, I suppose it, yeah. the only other thing I didn't actually mention was there was a weird thing that some people pointed out where Sony, maybe a handful of weeks ago, created a service where you could register your interest to be amongst the first people who would be allowed to pre-order, and it was a very yes. strange system where. It wasn't just like insert your email. It was also based on your PSN. And they alleged at the time that they were going to evaluate people based on seemingly their kind of commitment to the PlayStation brand, as weird as that sounded. Well, I didn't hear that. Uh, It was a a very strange... I'm not sure exactly what the criteria was, but it would be... They implied that it was not as simple as just a lucky dip, that there would be some other criteria involving your PSN and like your PlayStation activity that would be considered. But the fucked up thing (laughs) was... Pre-orders started a lot of the big websites, your best buys and your, and your game stops and what have you. The people who signed up for that service did not get informed for hours as to what their options would be. <laughs> so they just lost right. out. Well, th- those people will still have a priority, but the issue was you were signing up for a chance. So people would have signed right. up and then spent hours not knowing if they did already have some pre-allocation somewhere else with Sony. Everything about the pre-order s- thing was a mess. Which, like yeah. we said earlier, maybe that mayhem contributed to people panicking and panic buying. I'm not going to suggest that was intentional, but... It was. I, I, marketing. Yeah. Clever marketing. Clever yeah. Sony. <laughs> it's a weird thing, but it's always hard to know who's to blame. Who jumped the gun? Are retailers to blame? Are Sony to blame? Like, where did this come from? Where did it start? 
but pandemonium, pandemonium was almost always inevitable, especially as Steph mentioned earlier, with reports from places as reliable as Bloomberg stating that you know as, me- as many as four million units were taken off production lines in the past couple of weeks. Even if Sony have refuted that story in particular, it still can you know lead to a sense of FOMO and people panicking to get their hands on one. That, um, one thing that was uh, I found just before the show, I, th- I think I'm I'm not sure it made it into this um, info that I've, we've got here, but was that um, there was a leaked email that effectively said, um, which kind of uh, adds another wrinkle to the whole thing, that likelihood is if that you don't pre-order the PlayStation Five, you will not be able to buy one in the um, yeah. at release day. There is only gonna there is only enough. Um, in the number of units that they've produced, they think in order to serve the pre-orders. And so if you don't have one pre-ordered, then you might be in, you know, a bit of a sticky situation. Yeah. But they didn't say how long it will take until they get any more no. stock. So, and, you know, the other, it, the other it weird can't thing take is, long. You wouldn't have thought so, right? The other no, weird thing no, is... Like, there's no way they'll hang about if they've got enough interest. But then the other, the other crazy thing is if people are then losing out, they're just going to go to Xbox. Or are they I just going to I don't Xbox? think they will. I've seen a couple of people say something like, I can't pre-order this, I'm going to buy an Xbox. I, that hurts my head, that like a purchasing decision to the tune of $500 can be swayed in terms of like, oh, I don't want to have to wait five days or seven days for my PlayStation, so I'm going to get this instead. Like, there have been some people even going so far as to say that, or imply at least, that they're going to buy the opposite of what they wanted almost out of spite. And when I see stuff like that, I'm like, <laughs> you're a you weird consumer, man. You're only because, hurting yourself. It's not yeah. like well, yeah, exactly, gonna be a, exactly. Like, oh, I can't believe they've shafted Europe like this, going to Xbox. It's like, well, sorry, you pre-allocated 500 pounds in your head for this one thing, and are you going to go to something else because you're going to get a week <laughs> later? Like, I don't know. If, like you said, it feels like you're hurting yourself more than them. Yeah. But then on the, also on the flip side, going back to what you're saying, I was a person who got the PS4 after release date because I didn't pre-order day one, but I got it before Christmas. Um, must have been like, you know, late November or early December or something like that that year. It was definitely before Christmas, so maybe the second wave of stock, something like that. Sony are adamant, and other people have verified that it's true, that there are going to be more PS4s in this period than that. Sorry, there are going to be more PS5s in this period than there were PS4s at the time. Right. So either, okay. either the demand has jumped, jumped up rapidly in a way yeah. that no one predicted, or there is some kind of like wiggling going on behind the scenes in terms of stock and the rollout of stock. But we'll see as we get closer to um, close to release. But boys, I'm going to make a bit of an executive decision here, I think. For anyone wondering at home, we kind of look at all the news that's happened over the course of the last week and what we can and can't talk about for the sake of this podcast. There were a few other things that we had in the agenda, one of which, for example, was the Nintendo Direct Mini Department Showcase that took place just a couple of hours ago. But we have, in assuming my timing's right, we've crossed the two-hour mark talking about just PlayStation alone. And while I don't want to wrap this up and bring it to a, a halt but earlier than it needs to be, I'm wondering if maybe we just leave some of the, the, the other news, like the Nintendo Direct Me, for the wayside for the moment and sort of put a bow on this admittedly very Sony and PlayStation-heavy podcast with a couple of sort of questions and thought starters that I could throw to you guys um, you know, as I said yeah, let's earlier, do it. Just let's to do it. That sounds good. Put a good with me because I haven't watched anything Nintendo. And well, I've it was it was a weird really week for news. Like, <laughs> to, 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 we talked about a lot of this stuff off camera, but like pre-orders started for some of the 30 series cards, and there were a, was a review embargo for the 3080. 
there was a Nintendo Direct Mini, which for anyone wondering who maybe didn't hear about it, was essentially uh, the main two re- reveals there were Monster Hunter games, you know, if that's your thing. But otherwise, it was a lot of stuff going through Reddit and whatnot. It was kind of like anti-cheat update and full guys and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It was like hard to, get, the, hard to dig big, your teeth into it. The big thing for me this week was the 30 series stuff. Yeah. The launch uh the launch embargo sorry the review embargoes on performance and from the few youtubers that i've watched mainly the big ones linus tech jay's two cents those kind of people yeah the cards seem hugely powerful but very underwhelming oh interesting! wow it's 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 a very difficult one to to really um to really slate because yes at the end of the day it is the most powerful card which is beating even titan x's 2080 ti's and it's priced exceptionally well and much cheaper than when those cards came out onto the market i mean yep. second hand 2080 ti's are still going for well over a thousand pound on ebay at times when the new cards are coming out at 799 699 799 something like that but in, in, what what's underwhelm like what is underwhelming about them like what would you if I you don't know I, I think it's just it the frame rate benchmarks that there's almost between the 2080 Ti graphics card and and this 3080 there almost seems to be like a maybe between 10 and 15 frame difference between them and right right a couple of the big games with ray tracing on Metro Exodus being one of them is a single player experience. Flight Simulator is a single-player experience. Um, and, and the only things that you'd really invest in decent frame rates for are games like CSGO or Valorant or anything like that. But then when you're getting to frame rates, like Linus Tech Tips showed off the frame rate for CSGO with a 3080, and it was like 400 frames. And it's like, <laughs> all right, but when you get to 100 frames, are you really going to start noticing the difference? Because 100 frames is still wicked yep. anyway. So do you, do you really need to buy this £800 graphics card to get 400 frames on a game as old as CSGO? And then something on uh, the yeah. flip side, like Flight Simulator, the new one, with a um, 2080 Ti, it was coming between 25 and 30. With a 3080, it was coming out at 40. And I think, well, even if you're playing... Right. If if you've got a 2080 Ti, you're you're still in that first wave of uh, ray tracing graphics cards, and you're hitting 30 frames per second in Flight Simulator. It doesn't really matter because the controls of your HUD don't look the best anyway, and most of the time you're going to be looking at very very low detailed renders of the ground because you're three thousand feet high. So I don't know. This, I just, is is this part of the problem of so we talked about earlier? And that as you go, as you sort of go. Um, along the the road of, of graphics cards and how things look, it becomes so much harder to make mm. stuff look better. And you yeah. man, it doesn't matter that if you pump loads more power, loads more, you increase your chipsets and whatever. When you plug it into your machine and you look at a game, it's actually going to be quite hard to tell the difference because you're getting to a point where, you know, the, the return on investment effectively becomes minimal. Yeah. So I suppose the selling point of these cards then realistically is the fact that they're cheaper. Yes, they're yeah. cheaper and, and you can massively future-proof. Yeah, future-proof so you right now. F- right. People, people want to feel like they're on the cutting edge and for as long as NVIDIA is putting out these cards and 
putting out their versions of these benchmarks, no matter how true they prove to be in the long term, that's still going to be the cutting edge, so to speak, for consumers mm. at least. You know, and a lot of people in our Discord yeah. are kind of in regardless. I get where you're coming from, though. But you've kind of got a weird, you're kind of in a weird position, right? Which is where I think often people almost want to see a card which comes out and is priced at two thousand, three thousand pounds. If they, if you show them a showcase where it looks absolutely insane and they can almost just lose their mind about how incredible it looks. If you show them a card which looks basically identical to one that's out at the moment, but you go, but hey, it's half the price, then it it doesn't really scratch the itch. Do you see what I mean? Like yeah, if they released a new iPhone. Great. If they released a new iPhone and it did everything your, the iPhone 10 did, but it was half the price, you'd kind of go, oh, so it's the same, basically. It's yeah. just cheaper. You do, whereas if they said, here's an iPhone for five times the price, but it was a holographic iPhone that projected an image into the air in front of you, you it wouldn't matter that you could never hope to afford it because yeah. you'd just be blown away by the tech. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even side-by-side demos, especially on the games that most of people play, which are esports titles anyway, and you put a side-by-side demo, would people look at the 3080 demo and think, yeah, that's better because they know it's a 3080. Right. But if, if, if you did a blind test, are they going to go, actually, they look the same? I don't need to whereas upgrade because <laughs> they look people, the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone like me who's got a 1070, I'm, if I got one of those cards, which, which is a lot more affordable than a 2080 Ti or something like that, is I will notice a, a, you know, a big improvement because I, I missed out on yeah. the generation anyway, and yeah. it's completely affordable. And yeah, absolutely. You, you, you wouldn't go man. to a 20 series because you'll be paying more than a 30 series anyway. <laughs> Surely they're going to so, come down in price. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was a big thing about um, people kicking off that have bought, just bought 2080s and, and that kind of range that have spent, their thousand pounds, their thirteen, fourteen hundred pounds, however much they're still going for secondhand. But then now finding that their resale value is just tanked because people were right. buying new cards for cheaper prices. Which is I wish to say at this point, it's, um, the the thirty eighty came out. I think it was today. Um, was released well, yeah, today. Pre yeah, pre-orders sold. started today. All right, or something. Yeah, pre-orders. Yeah. Um, and it's sold. It was sold out almost immediately. Yeah. unsurprisingly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because it's such a decent price for a brand new piece of hardware. It's pre-order central up in this bitch. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to be a bit weird now. I wanted to try and like, I was trying to find a natural way to steer us back to talking about the PlayStation 5, but uh, we've we gone down a dirt track. We've gone down a nerd <laughs> of the old dirt well, the, road The interesting PC thing is when, um, when the big Navi cards come out, or they've, they've announced um, in Fortnite one of the uh, new Navi cards. Which is the graphics I don't know what processor that means. of me either. I'm so uh, oh sorry, it's the Radeon Radeon cards. Oh, oh AMD right. stuff. AMD stuff. Yeah, it's yep. big Navi, um, which they put a rendered version of it in Fortnite for some reason. Oh, okay, it's, like a release thing, like a release uh, I, teaser. I was so, too busy. Um, I was too busy watching Inception. I didn't notice. <laughs> but, That's uh, the way they do it now, mate. You, have you not realised that? that the way you release stuff nowadays is you put it into Fortnite. It's what everything needs to do. But um, the big Navi stuff is what's powering PlayStation. So oh, there you, go. It's, you know what, Steph? It's Full funny, circle. You <laughs> funny you mentioned the PlayStation 5, actually, because I, I kind of wanted to... Uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about putting a bow on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about, about 15 minutes and 3,000 brain cells ago. Um, yeah, stole, stole, I, the, show, I stole to, the show a little bit. I do apologise. No, no, no. no, no about that, Steph, you, you are techno over. That's what you're here for. If anything, <laughs> I have to apologise that the podcast wasn't more tailored to to your knowledge and your expertise, but 
was ended up being a weird week in terms of timing and and the news we did have to cover at uh, at our disposal. But uh, rest assured, your your insight into all of this has been greatly appreciated by us and the folks at home. And I thought, speaking of your expertise and indeed yours too, Jonesy, these aren't necessarily going to be quick, quick fire questions. They're kind of a little bit bigger than that. But I just wanted to throw them out, just kind of get your your gut feelings. Um, First one I'll throw out there is that, as we mentioned earlier, first-party titles on the PlayStation blog have been quoted as being $70 in the US and €80 in Europe. We don't know about GBP, but a lot of money, at least a 10-whatever local currency is a bump across the board, so we're probably looking at £70, $69.99. Is that significant? I know you said earlier, Jonesy, that you think it's almost inevitable because they've been too cheap for too long. But in terms of the actual impact it's going to have on consumers who maybe don't think about it the same way that you do, is that significant? Will that affect game sales? Jones? No. 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 Um, it won't. It shouldn't. The one thing uh, that could become an issue is, um, and, and something that we've touched on before in the past, is um, just because some games should cost $70 or £70 doesn't mean every game should be released with that price tag, even when it's not um, it's not uh, justifiable. So there are games now that release with very different pricing structures. They're free or they're 20 quid or whatever, and then they have a whole different pricing structure. So you uh, you have add-ons and battle passes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is, a, that is a good way to maintain, you know, an affordable pricing structure across the board with all different sorts of games companies should not just start charging 70 quid because other people are doing it i mean and that will happen like absolutely will happen and i hope that people kick off and i hope that people complain when games come out and they absolutely are not worth that but your triple a quadruple a whatever they want to call it now um immense single player epic games like you know we hope god of war ragnarok for example will be games with yes that games absolutely with 100 million dollar plus budgets you know? absolutely absolutely 70 dollars yeah i mean the i i I don't think that's unreasonable at all. Steph? No, do, I completely let, agree. But less of, less, Steph, I'm wondering less about whether or not you think it's reasonable or unreasonable and more about the everyday consumer, the person that goes into store shelves and knows that for as much as God of War 2 might be $70, NBA 2K this year is also going to be $70. Are they going to spend less, not spend less money on games, but are they going to buy fewer games as a result of that $10 jump? I know that's a hard question to answer on behalf of other people, but what do you think, for now at least? early gut feeling my early gut feeling is people will always go and buy the most popular game and i think if you all of a sudden hike the price up to 70 pounds for a game people would pay much more attention to what that game is like and how it reviews because interesting 140 get 140 pound on two games if you're buying as an example call of duty and an nba game chances are that NBA game loses out because it's 70 quid. Whereas if they charged a lesser price, £30, then uh, £40, sorry, then um, then yeah, I think that's a better hmm. priced game. So I think they have to really think about their position in the market. Sounds like what was... Sorry, Jonesy, go for it. Oh, no, so Steph just made that... That made me think of something that was, and made a really interesting point that I hadn't even thought about, which is... Um, a lot of people are ma- right now making the decision to go with the go with the PlayStation Five um, disc or discless version, and a lot of and the di- apparently the discless version is doing incredibly well. Um, 
I know when I went to pre-order, they had no discless versions yeah. left, but they had a lot of disc versions. But of course, the resale market and discless is non-existent. If you have a PlayStation 5 of no disc drive, you can't buy a second-hand game. Jersey. You can't go down to CEX and pick up a game. So it's actually really interesting from what Steph just said, because you immediately made me think like, yeah, I used to go and buy two games at a time all the time, and I definitely would not go and spend 140 quid on two games. But what I might <clears throat> may well do is go to CEX, go to a resale place, pick up two games for like 40 quid a pop. Yeah. Um, but you just can't do that if you buy a digital version. If you buy the Xbox Series S, yeah. if you buy the PlayStation Discless, you're in trouble. It, it sounds yeah. like what we're saying is, this depends on whether or not the price increase raises the ceiling that lots of games are going to aspire to and in most cases hit or whether it just include increases the spectrum of prices that games can be whether it's just another option or whether it's the new standard but it's interesting it should be that it should be that it should be but it's interesting you actually kind of inadvertently teed up my second question which is that a lot of the available data at the moment based on I mean, it's admittedly it's based on what's going out of stock fastest, which we now know, which we all know because you can think about it this way: is that could be more informed by volume of stock to begin with, rather than which one's actually selling the fastest. But either way, for the sake of argument, there is some evidence to suggest that the digital version of uh, the PlayStation Five, at least, is selling better than the full price disc drive version of the PlayStation Five. What does the future for brick and mortar game stores look like? It's, they'll be they'll it, be gone they'll be gone yeah is the, is the, is the, I, the yeah, clock is the doomsday clock already ticking yeah absolutely I think Game, GameStop has been in trouble ago. for years GameStop GameStop sorry yeah it's yeah. been in trouble for years Games, it, GameSpot probably as well but <laughs> for different reasons <laughs> but um, but yeah I completely think that gaming um, gaming stores especially in the UK game I think is the only one left there are a few HMVs around Right, I think game is the only one left, and game has game has already game has already had to start selling things like secondhand consoles, mobile phones, that kind of thing. Funko pops, so t-shirts, posters. Yeah, they they are (laughs) definitely definitely um, on their way out as well. Do you know the last physical thing I went and bought from my local game store, apart from the pre-order I did today? I'm pretty sure I know. I went and you just said it. I went and bought uh, an entire set of Marvel Avengers um, Funko Pops. Sure, I had no idea you bought them physically. You must have looked like the biggest weirdo <laughs> on earth. <laughs> Hello, sir. Maybe. I'd like to buy all eight of these Funko Pops, please. I had a great time doing it. I was supporting my local industry. Hey, That's you good. know what? Support That's good by, for you. Uh, I'm glad you support them because I need them to stay in business at least until the end of November so they can send me my fucking PlayStation. <laughs> Go bust after... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. So, so was, I, think, I think your question is... I think you're bang on. I think you've alluded to it in your question. Yeah, I mean, for sure. They're, they're on their way out. Like, bricks yeah. and mortar shops in general, I think, have really struggled in the, um, in the, num- in the last sort of decade or so, I think, in general. Town centres and stuff, um, shops and things are just getting destroyed uh, by online. And you, you might go as far as saying though that with with COVID as well, that this calendar year could end up being the worst year in the history of physical retail locations for game selling. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, you, you might. You've got to be right. I mean, surely, surely, because yeah. six six months of no foot traffic and then consoles that are essentially trying to freeze out their bread and butter. 
I mean, we, we sort of joked about it earlier, but I mean, you've only got to think if it is 10 years, 12, 15 years, whatever it is until we until games become, sorry, consoles are in the cloud and you don't even buy a physical console, then the idea of buying physical games is obviously non-existent. Yeah. So we, ha- I mean, it's, it's a ticking clock anyway. Yeah, sucks for anyone that works in that line of work. I know some people who do, so obviously you always hope for the best for all of them. But uh, regrettably, it looks like it's going to be something at least to uh, to keep an eye on. Um, it it does, and I don't want to get weird with it, but at the same time, I think when you consider what you're actually doing with a disc and the fact that there's data stored on a medium, we just don't need it in this day and age. No, you know, I, there's I, plenty I, of different I, ways I of doing agree. it. I agree. Anyway, those were a couple of thought starters, and those are the boys and my thoughts on them. But of course, we encourage you to chime in with your thoughts as well, and you can do so if you're watching this on YouTube in the comments down below. But if you're not watching this on YouTube, you can always just head over to Twitter, at SuperShowPod there or uh, any of our individual handles if you want to give us grief for any of our individual opinions. I want to say outright now that I do not endorse the opinions of either Steph or Jonesy, especially <laughs> the more um, the more cracked opinions that they might have offered this week. But with that, boys, I think that pretty much does us for uh, what was, in the end, an almost entirely Sony and PlayStation 5-dominated podcast that still managed to be, if anything, too long. In the interest of fairness, we're going to have to do one for when the Xbox pre-orders release. We're going to, we're going to get some, some fanboys in the in the uh, comments for sure. But you know one thing I am glad about was that we managed to make this the uh, podcast that Steph was finally able to appear on such a long one because the more I get to hear that boy's voice, the better my life is, generally speaking. <laughs> sort of a positive correlation. Um, Absolutely. I think anyone, just in case people listen to this and don't know, but we actually do try to stream with Steph often as well. Yeah. So, um, Which we need to get uh, back into. We do. We haven't we done do. it for a few weeks now. We do. Yeah. Hopefully by now you're, you know, you're following us all on the relevant accounts, Twitter accounts, Twitch accounts, whatever's relevant to you and the kind of content you consume. But I want to give a special shout out, as he is the guest this week, to everything Steph's got going on at the moment. TechnoOvo on YouTube, TechnoOvo on Twitch, TechnoOvo on Twitter. That's all you should, should need to find him but we'll have the links in the in the description if I do my job right tomorrow. Um, so hit him up, give him follows, give him likes, whatever it is. Just give him love. Make the boy feel blessed. Rate my performance. Um, <laughs> don't do that because, <laughs> like, don't, l- l- let's be honest, likes and things like that, they're, they're sort of a fairly anemic way of showing appreciation. Don't invite actual opinions because some of them might be, you might not have some of them. Just a just like. Exactly. On Twitter. Just to like. <laughs> and I thought um, instead of maybe giving a uh, a kind of a phrase or a code word or a keyword to give people this week for them to uh, leave in the comments so we know they made it this far, what if we mix it up a little bit? How, what do you think about this? What if we invited the folks at home to play their own version of the name game <laughs> by taking one of the games that were shown at the showcase um, and doing your own version of the name game, putting a spin in it, giving it a, perhaps a better name, a different name, something you think that would be more, more appropriate. Take inspiration from some of Jonesy's earlier efforts, including Black Ops Cold War, Miles Morales, and... Black Ops oh, Hot War. Black Ops Hot War, excuse me. And there was, there was something about a female colon in there somewhere as well. You don't yeah, have to yeah. imitate that part specifically. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think that probably about does it. Thank you all so much for making it this far. Once again apologize that it was as long as it was and as one note as it was but hey you made it we did it together we made it work and we appreciate you i want to say a big thank you for jonesy for staying awake with this long it's been a long day for him that means a lot buddy and a big thank you for steph as well for taking time out of what was actually a working day for him with a working day still to come tomorrow giving us so much of his time but also his professionalism his expertise and his knowledge um that's the super show guarantee I'm going to have more of that for you next week. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you're following 
and we will see you on the next one. Bye.